to this month's Monsters and Metal. <laughs> that was um, a week's worth of practice, and it was terrible. Oh, how horrible. How horrible. It's Christmas time, Dirk. Yay? Question mark? Yay? <laughs> Christmas, that's fine. That's cool. Oh. I, yeah, listen, listen to me. I give my blessing to Christmas that it may exist. That's fine. Hmm. Um, you know, I... It is, isn't it? I, I've been at, see the thing is I've been on tour since September, so like Halloween was even kind of like a blur to me. Oh. And uh, you know, thanks as we record this, Thanksgiving's right around the corner, and I'm like, oh yeah. But uh, I actually guess I kind of got in the Christmas spirit because I've been cleaning out uh, all my um, old boxes full of stuff and finding like cool things to send to people for Christmas. So I guess I am kind of in the Christmas spirit, oh, finding the old toys and stuff. Them? Um, old toys, things like that. Um, I found, well, if I, well, like an old, here's an example. Like, I, I guess if, if, if I don't send this to, to this person before this goes on the air, that's my fault. Um, like an old, like framed kind of like Matt Teenage Mutant Instruments poster that I had in my room, like I was like a teenager and a buddy of mine, uh, Josh Ross, who draws Tales of Mystery, uh, that'll be in stores next month uh he's a huge teenage mutant Ninja turtles fan and it's it's this print and it's just so badass dude and it's like i think it's like the cover it's like a painted cover to one of the first mirage collections and it's like framed and i don't know i got like big left like five bucks when i was little but it's just a real cool thing i'm like oh here's this really cool thing that like josh ross would like so i took that out and i'm going to send it to him more uh you know, I was at I was at the Akron Comic Con uh, recently, which was amazing, and I, you know, I I saw the little uh, variant Iceman bust, so I picked that up for you. You know, it just you know, which was not finding something, but it was like ah, cool, you know. Or um, I guess the coolest thing I found in all these old boxes of stuff was um, back in the day, McDonald's did this um, uh, Happy Meal promotion with Batman the Animated Series. Okay. And I had a friend that worked at McDonald's, and she was a manager there. And she knew I liked, you know, Batman the Animated Series. And I totally forgot I had these. I opened up like this. I saw this, like, McDonald's bag in this, like, box. And I'm like, this is going to be – this has the potential to be horrible. You know, I was expecting, like, fossilized French fries or something. You know? <laughs> and I found a Big Mac. You know, it wouldn't even be moldy. But anyway. Um, so I opened up this bag, and it was every – Batman, the animated series, Happy Meal toy, still in their bags. Nice. It was pretty cool. I was pretty excited. Like, uh, like the Batman popsicle that you could make, or like the little, uh, the little dome. It was like a little plant feeder thing where you could like had like poison ivy in this little mini terrarium type thing, or you know, like the action thing. I'm like, dang. And I was just in Columbus this past week where they have a used toy store. So that was the real reason is because I was in Columbus. So I, I took a – it's called a Big Fun. I think there's one in Cleveland, Ohio. This one's in Columbus. I was just at the Super Awesome Pack Rat Comics. 
But so I was going to take a bunch of these toys down to this used toy store and, you know, sell them there, trade them in and, you know, get, you know, whatever. But I found a lot of stuff that I'm going to be sending out to a lot of friends of mine. They might like uh, my buddy Dave. I gave his daughter uh, a White Ranger, like McDonald's Happy Meal thing. Again, still in the wrapper. I mean, I could have got money for it or something, but any money I could get on eBay for it was pales in comparison to the fact that I made this little girl's day. Cool. So stuff like, you know, just a lot of cool, yeah. like, like a lot of horror, like uh, Ash and Evil Ash, McFarlane Toys action figures uh, that I never opened and just weird stuff like that, you know, so. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. So that was that. Nice. All right. Um, let's see. Anything else you've been up to? How's your tour going? I'm almost done. <laughs> I'm almost done. I um, I, I have a dark confession to make about the tour. Um, you know, it's a thirteen. It, originally, it was billed as thirteen shows in thirteen weeks, and because of like I was doing like a midnight sale and a horror convention in one day, depending how you looked at it, it could have been considered twelve shows in twelve weeks. Or 12, 13 shows in 12 weeks, sorry. Okay. But then I got food poisoning going from one show to the next, so I had to miss the midnight sale at Rupp's Comics in Fremont, Ohio. So we said, okay, you know, it kind of sucks, but whatever. We'll just tack it on to the end. Okay, cool. So we tack it on to the end of the tour, and that's going to be in real time next week. Okay. No big deal. Well, several months ago, we decided I would do the 22nd anniversary sale for Rupp's Comics in Fremont. He's a real good guy, uh, you know. I said, yeah, man, I'll do that. Me and Chris, you know, he's going to be there. He's an artist, uh, doing some Xenoscope covers, things like that. Cool. Guess what week the 22nd anniversary sale is? Christmas. No, I wish. That would be <laughs> fine. It is December 7th. Now, for those of you that are calendar handy... That means that 13 shows in 13 weeks is now 14 shows in 14 weeks. So I'll actually be at Rupp's two weekends in a row. I'll be in Fremont, Ohio. (laughs) But I can't, like, I cannot bring myself to skip the tacked-on week. Right. You know, because it's got to be – so I'm still going to, like, officially, I'll still build as 13 shows in 13 weeks because the last – one is actually going to be two weeks in a row. It'd be different because originally, if I would have done it that I was supposed to, it would have been like two months out or like a month and a half apart. That would have been fine. Yeah. But uh, but I, ha- I have to have my 13 and 13. But So technically, it's going to be 14 and 14. So December 7th, it's Rupp's 22nd anniversary sale. Those people that are in the Midwest, he has an amazing warehouse, an amazing store. I think everything's 22% off or something like that. And uh, uh, it's going to be real cool. I'm actually going to have a special guest with me that I'm very excited about. Ooh. I don't want to say who, but it's going to be pretty Sneaky awesome. Stuff. Yeah, so that'll actually be the big send-off to the tour, and uh, will be December 7th, and then I'm going to uh, work on the Tales of Mystery book coming out in February, finish up on that if it's not done, and uh, sleep for about two months. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. And keeping you busy. Keep it is. It's keep me busy. But how are things with you? You've been staying busy. You've been doing a lot of reviews and stuff lately. Oh yeah, I just actually passed my six hundredth review. Wow! You know what this means? Retirement. Not yet. <laughs> Not I got to get this six sixty six right. Thank you. 
<laughs> you need to do 666 reviews and be done. And be done. End it right there. No, it's funny. It's funny because, you know, for all the years I did it, I, I maybe, I think I averaged maybe like, what, 80 a year if I was lucky, something like that. But ever yeah. since I started the roundup, so in 2013, I've passed 500 and 600. Wow, man. It's crazy, ain't it? That's a lot. Well, I like your reviews, too, because they're real quick and to the point. And, and people that have never read your reviews, where should they read them at? Well, you can go to uh, com, or you can find them each week on Comic Related with the Horror Comic Roundup every Tuesday. Word up. Because, yeah, I like your reviews because they're quick to the point. They're from a horror fan's perspective and, like, here, boom. Right. Nice, easy, over, done with. Either you pick it up or you don't. Yeah, I I was, uh, you know, in all the years I've done different forms of journalism and stuff, whether it was music journalism or comic journalism, I always always had a hard time doing reviews because I get a little verbose. (laughs) And uh, it's like I either like the book or I don't, you know. And then the thing is, it's like, I never liked to review – I would never review things I didn't like. Right, right. Because then, you know, it's like, well, with very rare exception, one of the only negative reviews I ever gave was to um, a Megadeth album because I really wanted to like the album. And uh, so as a result, when I when I listened to it and the album, you know, just to put it in perspective, it was back in the day, it was Risk, you know, which was not a good album. Uh and because I expected to like that album and should have liked that album and didn't, I felt justified in writing the review as an open letter to Dave Mustaine. Dear Dave Mustaine, what has happened to Megadeth? <laughs> <laughs> and that was the review. And I know our reviews got sent to the record labels. And I mean, obviously, Risk is a pretty universally panned record. But uh, yeah, you know, if you don't like it, you don't review it. Give it to someone else that'll like it and let them talk about it. You know, there's no need to be that kind of person. So I only do, and, and the other reason I do this, if um, I will review a book I don't like only if it's from Marvel or DC. Because right. my, my my reasoning behind that is because they deserve to be criticized for because they should have the best editors in the business, shouldn't they? All right, I I I I get the cut of your jib. Yeah, but no, I agree. You don't there's no reason if you know when there's times where like if um, I'd get a book from um, so-and-so who lives down the street, you know, just a, a regular self-published guy or whatnot. And right. I don't love it. What I still do is I still try to talk about what's good about it and what could be fixed instead of just going to stinks. Right, right. And there's right. a reason for this. And um, I, Someone I know, I'm not saying names and I'm not saying who did reviews, but someone I know had sent a, um, a low-res PDF you know, you you don't want to be mean to a reviewer and take up 200 megs on the sure. computer. Sure, sure. Send a low-res PDF to someone to review it. And when they reviewed it, it was like two, three, let's say three paragraphs. The first paragraph was about how low-res quality stinks. The second paragraph was about how much they rather get a hard copy than a PDF. And the third paragraph was this tiny little, like, three-sentence review. So the review that they posted for this guy's book was basically just, I don't like low-res PDFs, and from what I could tell, it was okay. See, now that, <laughs> that's shitty right there. You don't waste somebody's review telling the world you don't like PDFs. Yeah, yeah it's like, why are you just being... <laughs> you know, 
know. But yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there's no, yeah, don't, don't, <sighs> yeah, really? It was like, you could have just sent a, a message to the guy and say, hey, could you send me a high-res PDF or send me a link to it on Dropbox or something? Right, right. I mean, why, <sighs> yeah. I you do, do want to say, uh, point this out, though, and then I know it's sidetracking from that. I did finally start reading a book that I wanted to for a while, which is Eldritch by Drew Rausch and Aaron Alexovic. Yeah. Have you read this before? I know Drew, and I want to say I've read some of it. Yeah. So far, it's fantastic. I, I have a pot. Look, when you said that, it's like this wave of like, yeah, that was good, washed over me. But I'd have to see it again or find out if I own it or what I do with what I did with it. Because that's, <coughs> pardon me, that's been out a little while, right? Um, I look for a publication date. No, uh, no. the publication date in this is July twenty thirteen. Well, that's a little. while. I mean, that was earlier this year. Yeah, I'll have to check. Who put it out? SLG. I want to say I read part of it, and I, I don't think I own it, so I guess I'll have to we'll, we'll talk Drew's, about Drew's artwork is amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Love it. All right, let's switch to our fantastic Christmas topic. Christmas! Christ, I don't even know. Never mind. Do you have a, uh, a favorite Christmas metal song? Ooh, you put me on the spot. I know. Um, Polka Dot Cadaver just put out their Christmas CD. <laughs> Oh Jesus! <laughs> you know, it, 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 without thinking about it, the Christmas song I like the most, and as cliche and as terrible as it is, is the "I Am Santa Claus" Iron Man Black Sabbath parody. I don't think I've heard that one. What? I don't think so. I should immediately make that the song of the. No, uh, no, 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 no. I know. We're not gonna yeah, do it, that. It's there, a, but... it's a, it's a parody of Iron Man by Black Sabbath, but it's about Santa Claus. Huh. Cool. It's just a gag song, but it's sure. fun. Very cool. I don't think I've... Other than... You know, I think the, the most metal that I've ever heard is like the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I've never heard a lot of metal covers of Christmas songs. Have you ever seen Trans-Siberian Orchestra on concert? No. no. Dude, I'm just saying. Make it make it a point make to... Make it want... happen. <laughs> Dude, seriously. Um, it, 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 it is an experience, and... I have seen a lot of concerts in my day, and I would have to put them minimum, minimum in the top five. Nice. Minimum. I mean, that's the lowest they would be is number five. It is an – I mean, they know what they're doing. You know, they go out there, and they just put on an experience. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those things that, like, you know, people say, one of those things you have to do at least once. Mm-hmm. You have to do it at least once. I mean, it's it's fantastic. And if it weren't on this tour this year, I know they just started a new a new show. Because, like, every year or three or whatever, they kind of completely revamp the show. Okay. But, like, I went and saw them a couple years ago, two years ago maybe, or something like that, or a year before last, I don't remember. Which would have been two years ago. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> like... For part of their set, they did, like, this Black Sabbath montage. And it was just like, damn! I It, it just, you know... And what's cool is, the money they make off tickets, they always donate a portion of their ticket sales to a local charity, wherever they're playing. Mm-hmm. And it's just this amazing pyrotechnic... Sh- I mean, they put on a show. 
Hmm. So it, it's well, it's well worth doing just once. Cool. cool. That's all I've got to say about that. All right, um, we came across this this list of um, top twenty horror Christmas movies, and we did. There's some damn good ones on here. I'm not saying their order is correct. Yeah, their order threw me off, but I will say in their defense, I think they did it in, in regards to uh, uh, the uh, was like uh, oh no, no, I lied. They didn't put it in any order at all. They just kind of threw them on there. Oh, is that what you think they did? Yeah, it says towards the bottom here, not oh, in any okay. order. Because this is on horrornews.net. They they had this list. So um, <clears throat> my favorite Christmas horror movie is Silent Night, Deadly Night. A classic. Absolutely love, it. and I'm only saying the first one. All Not right. Saying two, three, four, or five. I'm saying number one. Absolutely. Ever, ever since I've seen it, when it first came out on DVD, is the double pack with part two. I was, I, I had it pre-ordered instantly. So. And you're talking Silent Night, Deadly Night, not Silent Night, Bloody Night. Correct, Silent Night. Deadly Just totally Night. different. <laughs> yes, completely different. Because one time someone someone knew I liked that movie, and Silent Night, Bloody Night was always one of those that came in the horror ten packs. Right, you right, know? right. I can't tell you how many times I got gifted that horror ten pack, and I was like, no, you got the wrong one. Yeah, now try again. Exactly. So now what's, what's, your, what's your top? What? Let's see. What's your follow up to that? Would you have a second favorite? Um. Second favorite, probably Black Christmas. Oh, both both Black Christmases. I like. I really, I have not seen the remake. I enjoyed both of those. Really, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm I'm trying to think. I'm looking at their list too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I I think I would definitely go Black Christmas. All right, that's that's solid. That's super solid. With my third, of course, probably being Gremlins. Oh yeah, Gremlins. You know, Gremlins is tough to beat for me. Uh, is it the best movie ever made? No, but it was a damn fine movie when it came out. And the mismarketing campaign of marketing that is a children's movie. God sakes! <laughs> I mean, I don't know the last time you went back and ever watched Gremlins. Oh, yeah. I watch it. I'll maybe we'll try to get him in once a year. Okay. That's a dark, scary movie, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's a movie that a lot of people think, oh, Gremlins, Gizmo, and Stripe. That movie's dark as hell. <laughs> so that's always way, way up there for me. Um, as much as I hate to say it, the 1997 horror movie Jack Frost just makes me laugh because it is so terrible. Uh, you know, about the, the, the serial killer that comes back as a snowman. And it's just absurd. It's a total B-movie. It's not good, but to say it doesn't hold a special place in my heart would be duplicitous. And don't confuse that with Michael Keaton's Jack Frost. This, no, 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 no. Which, he comes back to watch his son win a sled race or something. I don't remember. Something, yeah. No, this Jack Frost, this Jack Frost is a serial killer. He's a killer snowman. Uh, he does things like turn himself into a puddle of water so that some girl takes a bath in him. And uh, what happens with uses his carrot? his carrot for naughty things. It's not pleasant. That girl, like was, said, that girl was Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth, who's that? Uh, from American Pie fame. Oh, well, you lost me in American Pie. Okay. Right. But, uh, you know, I look at their list, Nightmare Before Christmas, fine. Like I really like that movie. It's a really good movie. That's, a, that's a Halloween movie to me. I agree, but 
you, to be fair, it also have to count of it. Of course. I think, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. And uh, the other real one I really always enjoy is Rare Exports, which is about the how they capture fair. It originally started as a short film, uh, and uh, I believe they lengthened it out now. And I don't know if I've seen the. I, I'm almost positive I haven't seen the full length version. But it started as a short film in which they, you find out that Santa Clauses are actually like these feral wild men, and they catch them and capture them and train them to be like real Santas. Hmm. It's called Rare Exports. And there's a short... on, on this list, that's, that's the funny thing. On the list, that's the one that like stands out and says, you should probably check this one out. Yeah. There's a short film version, and I don't... I, 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 I haven't seen the full length. I, I, I'm, I'm 99% positive I haven't seen the full length. But the but original started as a short film uh, on it's like one of those like, YouTube-type things. And uh, it's just hilarious. Yeah, it's about how they have to capture Santas like feral in the wild and train them to be uh, to be uh, nice to children. You know, train them to be Santa Clauses. Um, but I will say, since t- tis the season, my favorite Christmas film, which is kind of a horror film in the sense that Santa Claus carries an axe, at least, it bums me out so much that it, it, they never ever show it on the air. And it's the life and adventures of Santa Claus. And it's a Rankin Bass film. Uh, I think you can get it on DVD if you buy it with like Nestor the Christmas Donkey or something crappy like that. Oh, which I, good lord! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Remember that. But but it, it's it's just great story about how it just a, I, I hate to use the word sentimental, but it's a sentimental favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. All the all the immortals get together, and they all are talking about like, the North Wind and whatever, blah, 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 whether or not they're going to make this Kris Kringle guy immortal. And they talk about the life of the man that became Santa Claus. Oh, I remember and, that one. Yeah. And, like, at, at one point, like, he battles goblins with, like, an axe and all this stuff. And it's so cool and it's so good. But because of the fact that you have, you know, demons getting, monsters getting chopped up with axes and stuff, they don't really show it on TV anymore. But the life and adventures of Santa Claus is one of those movies that I, I, you know, that's the one. That's the rank. That is the Rankin Bass film to me. Uh, it is so, so good. And you know, you got Satan with an axe. So I don't know. It's not horror in the strictest sense right. of the word by right. any stretch. But uh, honorable mention, and I would actually, if pressed, would say that's my number one, just because Santa has an axe. I'll count it. All right. Well, before we move on to uh, your song and into this, yes. this month's show, there is there is one comic that does deserve a lot of mention, um, and that is Mike Dodato's Santa Claus, Claus with a W instead of a U. Yes. Uh, this originally came out in '91 from Eternity Comics, and it was just called Santa Claus back then because the other people who worked on it were uh, Dave Ulbrich and uh, R. A. Jones. But then it was reprinted under Thornby Comics in I want to say it was 98 somewhere in 98 but this is absolutely fantastic it's about uh, there's a mall that closes uh, he's kind of like an alien for the most part he shows up and he just starts killing people it's just this fantastic little one shot that if you can get your hands on uh, highly suggest you do because Copper Age Horror is the best oh, there it is <laughs> oh it's Mike Dodato which enough, enough said as right. they say so, so there's that. Um, but yeah, let's let's get ready to uh, jump into this month's show. So, what do you got for us this month? What are we listening to? 
I was torn on what to do this month because, you know, I, I've been listening to a lot of different stuff on the road and things like that. But and I was trying to find something kind of recent because, you know, I kind of like to do something new or something older. Something newer. And uh, I was kind of, you know, stumbling across things and I saw Soulfly has a new record out. And in my mind, Soulfly is always kind of like, you know, Max Cavalera's new band. And I realized kind of like, what the hell? I think at this point, Soulfly has probably put out more records than, <laughs> than Max did with Sepultura, you know. And, um, and and I've seen Soulfly in concert. And I saw them in concert a while back, and they were really, really good and just really solid. And, and, you know, of course, I still dream of a world where Sepultura would have Max back and everyone would be happy. But that would also be a discredit to the great band that is Soulfly. Um, but they have a new song out called Bloodshed. Not to be confused with Bleed, which was the limp... Um, the Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit. I got the mad skills to make you bleed. It's what, what I you bleed because you're bleeding now. <laughs> yeah, you're bleeding now. <laughs> the fact that we could both bust that out from memory, I haven't heard it in like uh, I can tell you that would be ten years. That was you like know. the main song on that CD when it came out. Uh, and oh, it just hurts. But uh, <laughs> it just how how he got that earworm and just just ground it right into my into your brain, our brains. But uh. You know, I don't know if anyone else suffers from this like I do. It's like, oh, well, Soulfly, well, that's, you know, that's kind of like the Sepultura knockoff. And to a point, but I'm to a point where, in regards to recent material, I like Soulfly stuff better than Sepultura's at this point. Uh, I, I've really had to come to that that heart-to-heart with myself. So, <laughs> I know, it's like deep, deep, deep confessions with Dirk Manning. Deep um, confessions or confessions of a metalhead. I like Soulfly better than Sepultura at this point. You know, at least in regards to their modern stuff. But um, Bloodshed is just a real cool, nice, anthematic December song. Awesome. Why not? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Soulfly, Bloodshed, man. It's a. Uh, we rock out. Happy holidays, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll play that, and uh, you and I will be back to recap the month at the end of the show. This is a shorter show, folks. Uh, the holidays do um, you know, create time constraints on people, so the show this month and next month will be a little shorter. So enjoy, and Dirk and I will be back in a little while. Holler.
So welcome everybody to this month's Monster Messaging with Dave Elliott. What's up, Dave? Baby, well, <laughs> I'm good. I'm I'm good. It's been a um, it's been a good year. It's a good year. So this is kind of like a good time to wrap, you know, wrap up 2013. Um, and yeah, it's been actually been it's been a really good year. Yeah, I know you. You know you. Came on, and you told us about shows you did this year. You did what? New York, Boston, San Diego. Yeah, um, I know I did someone else as well. I've done, done another show. I can't remember what it is now. They all blur. <laughs> he doesn't mean that shows he goes to. <laughs> it's only because I'm having so much fun. Exactly. Exactly. No, that you know, and like you said, you know, are, are you? Are you getting ready for Christmas or any holiday that you celebrate, just in case it's not Christmas? Um, I don't really think about it. I, I'm my head's more geared into I'm getting ready for 2014. So, um, yeah, there's, there is that Christmas thing that's kind of a you you know you're only a week away from the end of the year. <laughs> And they, just so everyone knows, the other thing Dave uh, wants for Christmas is apparently real bacon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't like the American bacon, huh? Well, it, it's it's kind of, it's, it's artificial you don't, you don't and like, just You don't like fatty. just chewing on fat? <laughs> no, it's, it's, see, see, the thing about bacon is it's kind of, it's, it's not quite ham. It's not like when you have a cooked ham. It's not quite that, it's not that bacon. It's not that that sort of pork but it's I, I guess the closest thing is like if you haven't really had it it's like taking a a really nice pork chop but taking just a a, a, a slice a thin slice of it it's like a, a nice thick slice of ham but it's not quite you know it's not like the packet ham right it's it's thicker than that but and then you 
you cook it and it's just oh i mean i thought see see the thing is i thought americans would would really love it because it's it's salty it's got that sort of like you know pork's always a bit salty um so i thought i thought it'd go down a, you know I, I couldn't could never quite figure out why, why it really hasn't taken off i think it's just you know everyone's just you know m- makes more money off of selling pork uh, you know just regular ham and um i like the way you, know, you described it earlier <laughs> some fat with some red painted on it well that's what it is <laughs> I mean, you know, like look at Wikipedia; it'll tell you. Yes, yeah, just like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, no, let, let's let's talk some Metallica. Yep, yep. Um, well, as we've had a uh, had a very good year paper wise, um, so December's our digital time. It's because um, we, uh, you know, Monster Massacre um, Volume One is out um a1 volume one is out shocky volume one is out um all nice big hardback books um but now we've had a little bit of time on the shelf you know come christmas day and i do actually mean christmas day um the books are going live and you'll be able to get the digital editions there and you know um we wanted to give a little bit of space between the print sale and the digital sale because also because the digital sale i guess is it's um they'll there's quite a there'll be quite a discount down from the, the paper price but man who doesn't want a nice hardback copy of a1 on monster mask on their shelf exactly. for christmas day exactly. yeah you have but if you're, over if you're and there's that nice big book sitting there that you don't have to go oh look what i got and they hold up their tablet and they go oh you got an ipad no hold on <laughs> <laughs> you know for those people who i mean because i do understand it i do you know i i do understand people wanting to make that shift to digital and there's nothing like you know if you want to go you know if, if you've got a long trip and you've you know you you've, you've got like yeah 20 graphic novels on your tablet or whatever um to choose from but when you're at home i there's you know you're you gotta have that book, don't you? I mean, comics. Comics, I can kind of uh, comics. I can see going to to the tablet, and I and I guess in my own head, I can maybe see at some point where it just becomes literally all. Well, you know, your floppies are on your tablet, but when you want your collection, you want your you gotta have your book. You gotta snuggle down, get in your armchair, open the pages. You can't ever give that up, surely. <laughs> I am not arguing that. Yeah. Not at all. No, and, and you know what? The books, I mean, the books were absolutely beautiful. Too. Oh, and you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna, it's not like you can't see that on a digital screen, but the, just the overall production value of those, of, of the books was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no, Titan really have done a awesome job. I mean, they, you know, it's 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 just really nice to have that support. Um, you know, it's like you know, I want this. There you go. Oh, awesome! <laughs> Brilliant. Has it been um, has it been a thought, even you know, at all, just to maybe um, offer not not day and date. I don't, and I don't mean that. I mean like if you get the hardcover to offer the digital for a discount or anything like that, or, or kind of throw that well, in think, through scans well, think, codes or something. Um, 
we haven't actually had that conversation and to be honest I hadn't I hadn't quite had that thought with the books I mean I it's it's certainly something that I don't see a problem with like you know you know while yes as a creator I would like oh no please buy it twice <laughs> but you know um but no seriously though I I think that um I think we are entering that age where I think you you know um I think you know there should be a heavy discount on like if you have bought the book there should be at least a substantial discount on having the digital because you have already supported the supported them um uh so yeah I'm all for I don't know about necessarily like you know I I think maybe the way DC's been doing it where you get the combo pack um you know something like that right right um I don't yeah. know, it, it's it's something just throwing it out there. Throwing yeah, it. yeah, no, it's I think you know, look, I think it's it's definitely the the way things are going, and um, you know, I think it's about sort of you know being flexible, and you know, there's 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 no reason why the digital has to be exactly the same as the paper edition. Um, you know, you you can add to it, you can revise it. Um, if you want to. Sure, sure. All right, will this be in the, the December episode? I, I guess, you know, did you did you accomplish everything that you that you had set out to it, uh, you know, through through comics in 2013 or did you have other stuff that you wanted to get to? No, I think I think I did. I think um, you know, this this year was definitely just as you know, for me it was a, 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 a personally it was for me a a, a transition stage of where, you know, for the last, at least for the last 10, 12 years, most of my career has been, you know, editorial, publishing, marketing, that sort of aspect to it. And, you know, editorial, I've always had a, a very, you know, particularly if it's a project, I've, you know, where I've been asked to get involved, I have been kind of very creatively hands-on involved in art directing, in, you know, editing um sometimes even co-writing the material whether it's just the, the initial story or even sort of helping you know literally helping someone co you know co-creating the concept for something and then guiding the the writing of it um but this but this year was me you know really going like no I'm you know it's it's I, it's long overdue my getting back to doing what I want to do mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, you know, that's, that's been, that's been really good, actually, really, really happy, um, the way that's, that's been progressing, so, um, and the reaction I've been getting so far to it, so, yeah, I'm, you know, happy camper on that aspect. (laughs) Good, good. Now, I, I'll, I'll make you talk about one thing real quick before, before we call it a show, just in case you do come back for and, and do the the next one, even though I told Dave he could have uh, have the month off. He's been he's been good so far. But no, um, the the one thing I do want you to kind of just touch on because it was in in previews uh, in November is uh, Monster Massacre Volume Two. Can you just give us a little you know pitch on that? Oh yeah, well, um, uh, Volume Two is it's uh, the all the contents, all the art for the second volume is um, all artists from Asia. It's there from Singapore, um, Indonesia, 
Japan, Hong Kong, um, mostly consisting of the artists from the two studios, Imaginary Friends Studios, which is in Singapore, and um, Stella Labs, which is in Indonesia, in, in Jakarta. And the um, a group of artists we've we've worked together since like 2007. Um, they were the guys who did all the early radical books like Hercules, Caliber, City of Dust. You know, they did all our design. They did all our logos for Radical. Um, they created Freedom Formula. Um, and so it was, you know, I really wanted to do a book where, you know, so much had they been asked to do work. I mean, they've done a lot of work over the last few years as well for both Marvel and, and DC Comics. And they're, they're doing things like the Star Trek comic for IDW. But I really wanted to give them a book of theirs where it's, you know, they could do their own creator and stories in. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all them. The book is done. Um, Monster Massacre, unlike A1, is going to come out twice a year. So it's going to come out every six months. Um, so I'm already working on book three of Monster Massacre. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right, well, we'll save anything else 2014, just in case you come back next month. Just in case. Oh, I'll be, I'll, I'll be back. But well, I know you'll be back sooner or later, but just in case you, you take the month off. <laughs> we'll, we'll save it for that. Well, you never know. I'm actually waiting for some news on a couple of projects that, that comes through, which I'm expecting any day now. Ooh, so I may well have some, some new projects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very cool, very cool. Well, Dave, uh, as always, you know, love, love having you on the show. And... If we don't talk to you next month, we'll talk to you in two months. Definitely, and and uh, and a happy new year to everyone. Happy holidays, and uh, have a good one. And and don't forget <laughs> Christmas Day when you get those new tablets. You know, go to Comics Monster Massacre A One Sharky. <laughs> go for it. Weeding Willows, Coliseum. You can't go wrong. Very cool, Dave. All right, we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Dan. Our first century media spotlight is Deicide, with their album In the Minds of Evil out now. This is End the Wrath of God.
So it is time for another round of What's Cracklin' with Strange Kids Club and Rondo. What's up, Rondo? What's up, man? Nothing! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> it's my Rick James voice. <laughs> so uh, so what we do here on uh, What's Cracklin' is basically there is this, this free app that is called Crackle that you can get on uh, your devices, on your smart TVs, on your smart DVD players, and on anything other than apparently a computer. Um, but I'm sure you can get it on a computer somehow. Uh, and it's just full of TV shows and movies and just, man, lots of, lots of good stuff. So what, what we do is uh, every month we choose a movie, we watch it, we have a little contest to make you guess, try to guess what it is, and if you win, you get stuff. And whew. So, uh, so this month, what do we choose this month? This month we've got Brain Scan. Ooh, brain Scan. <laughs> it's uh, it's actually it's it's a toss back to the '90s, um, which was which awesome for me because it, it's definitely it's one of my guilty pleasures, I guess you could say, from the '90s. It's not a super great film, but it's not a horrible film, and it's actually got a pretty interesting sort of premise to it. Um, so basically, we've got Edward Furlong, who's sort of the main character, so you know, representing the Terminator. Um, and so he plays a character named Michael, who's like this super smart, like edgy computer nerd um, slash horror movie fanatic. Um, I mean, this this dude like created his own like virtual assistant named Igor, which is just so freaking awesome. It's so nineties too. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nineties. So, basically, you've got this character who's in horror movies, he's in computers, he's in video games. You know, most of us can relate to that. And so he's looking so, for sort of his next thrill. Like, what, what's the next game that he's going to beat? And so his friend Kyle tells him about this game called Brain Scan. And he ends up finding, he reads about it in uh, Fangoria, which is an awesome plug, by the way. It was, it was in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was perfect, you know? <laughs> And uh, so he has to end up calling a 1-800 number, which, I mean, do you remember doing that back in the day? Like, everything you wanted to do, you had to call, like, an 800 number. Oh, God, yeah. You remember, and this is to completely throw it off track, but uh, the the biggest thing that, that I remember, like, when, other than, like, 1-800-collect, because Carrot Todd told me to do so, was <laughs> um, in comics, Marvel had the 1-800 games. You'd yes. just call this 1-800 number, and then you'd, like, have to push 2 to fire your lasers. <laughs> or something <laughs> stupid like that, but oh yeah, every everything was was like that back then. Absolutely. So he has to call this one eight hundred number to order the game. The game comes, plugs it in, gets ready to play, and it's sort of like this total mindfuck hypnosis trip that he's taken on, and it, it revolves around a character called the Trickster, who's sort of I guess like the the boss of the game. Um, and the game itself has basically Michael experiencing what it's like to kill somebody. Um, only, da da da, it turns out it's real. And so the next day, he finds out that somebody in the neighborhood is actually dead, and he has to sort of poke around and cover up his tracks. And then the trickster has to start covering up uh, witnesses, uh, which turns out to be his best friend Kyle, of course. And his lady love interest, Kimberly. Um, and it, it sort of, it, it 
the story sort of falls apart from there. It has stuff to do with sort of Michael's past and this accident he got into and his relationship to the trickster and all this kind of stuff. And I'm I'm not going to spoil it here, but it's uh, it, it's a mind trip, man. It was, and that was the fun. Like you said, I mean, this this movie like had everything you'd expect in a night or I let's say early nineties movie not not so much like some like scream down the line but it it really yeah. did i mean you had you had this this computer system that he had that was like in hackers you know remember remember watching hackers oh, and, yeah. and they're like oh this is the this is the t thousand this is the computer to have and all it does is like have like an extra two bit processor <laughs> or something like that. I mean, that was like his system with with Igor and all that. It was like he's the he's the one kid who has the, like the system that everybody that's just supposed to make you jealous, you know. And and then of course you know it's not even that's the fun part about him playing playing Brain Scan. There's no gaming system. It was like a no. DVD or something. Or like yeah, a, sort of an old it. school CD-ROM gamer, <laughs> <laughs> and and to get it to work, he had to put it in and then call the number for it to be linked into the system and everything. But no, it was it's absolutely fantastic. Um, it had it had an early uh, metal, um, hardcore, uh, hard rock soundtrack to it with like White Zombie and, and Pitch Shifter on it, and and that was the funny thing about um, when Trickster shows up. When, the first time he comes out of the TV, he wants to listen to something really hard. He's like, yeah, let's listen to the, the, the hardest stuff you got. And then he puts on Primus. <laughs> <laughs> that just that had me laughing. Not that I don't like Primus, but it, it just had me laughing. I was like, that was the hardest thing he got, huh? <laughs> but no, I mean, it's it, it's fun. And it's it, it, you, you, that love interest thing, that was, that was the other thing that had like that real 90s feel to it. You know, yeah. like oh, I gotta, I gotta save the girl, and and all this other weird stuff. But it, it is a classic movie. It really is. It, it's definitely worth checking out. And I think this one, this one's good through the the rest of the month, I believe. I hope so. I hope so. It, like I said, I mean, it's one of those things. Like I hadn't seen it in a long time. I, I remember watching it um, as I was watching it, but it, it really had been a, a long time since I had seen it. And you know, it's just one of those movies that I think, you know, it. Graphic-wise, no, it's not going to hold up just because of computer graphics and, and stuff like that. I mean, when they start merging into the two or, you know, into one and, and all that other weird stuff, or when he does the weird trip through his brain that we use for the contest picture. Yeah. You know, that those are the scenes that, that can't really hold up to, to any, to, you know, to today's standards. But it, that was early, you know, early 90s computer graphics. But, it, it no, it's, it's absolutely fun, and it, it has that... That sensibility, it was like, you know, things, nowadays if you were to get scared playing a game, you'd like have to turn off the lights and throw in Silent Hill or something like that. But back then, the scariest thing you probably played was Doom. Yeah. You know, so it was, it, it played with this, you know, electronic age sensibility and, and stuff like that of things to come. So I mean, it was, it's, it's different and it, it definitely stands out for that. Absolutely, man. It makes me want to throw on my flannel and uh, just <laughs> surfers, man. Let's grunge it up, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, like you said, you can still check out BrainScan. Hopefully, uh, for for the rest of the, uh, December, you should definitely be able to check it out. Um, it, it's a fantastic movie. Um, I can't remember. Do we rate movies? I don't remember. Uh, we haven't in the past, no. Okay. Then we won't rate this one. 
But as always, we run a contest, and, and we do that on the Monsters and Metal Facebook page, and you share it on the Strange Kids Club page, where uh, we take... And for this one, this this is a movie that a lot of people knew, so I had to find like the most obscure images possible. And yet, we still had nine people enter this one. So uh, go ahead and pick the winner, one through nine. Alright, let's say number three. Number three, I knew you were going to pick this one. <laughs> Zero. 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 X-E space that, that, R. That's so perfect for this 90s movie. We were just talking <laughs> about like, hackers and everything. This is <laughs> that, was the, uh, that was the other thing that was funny was um, you, look, you look at the people who were in this movie. Even Trickster. You know what he did before that movie? What? Almost nothing. Like, absolutely, <laughs> and what has he done since? Like, nothing. But it's funny because he he really pulled off a creepy. creepy he dude. did pretty good, yeah. So congratulations to uh, Zero. I um I'm gonna contact you and and we'll definitely get you some good stuff here. One of the things that you're gonna get, I'll let Rondell tell you about. Yeah. So so this month we're shaking things up a little bit and uh, we're gonna start giving away some packs of our our Circle Jerk stickers. Um, so you you got about. Three stickers in a pack. So you got pumpkin, uh, pumpkin patch Ted, seen overbite, and saucy bastard. Hell yeah! And there's extras in here. There's cards in here too. Don't forget about the cards. Yes, vintage hard trading cards. All right. So those are in there. And these things, these things are just freaking awesome. They remind me of, um, oh my god, Mad Balls. Is that what they were called? Yeah. Mad yeah. Balls? Yeah. Was that the idea behind them? Yeah, sort okay. of, sort of an option to that. Doing our own thing with it. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. I didn't. I didn't want to be like completely off. And be like, no, shut up, Dan. That's not no, what it Dan. Was. <laughs> so that will be on the way to you. Uh, and we remind everybody, you know, just just watch the uh, Facebook page and the Strange Kids Club page because uh, we'll post the movie for January uh, sometime towards the beginning of December and give you give you more time. We kind of just you know wanted to threw this one together kind of last minute. I hate to say it, but, but we kind of did. So, uh, now I throw it over to you. What's going on on uh, Strange Kids Club's page in December, and what can we look forward to? Yeah, man. So, uh, it's getting a little slow now, but we do have our, our last uh, art print release that we just came out with. It's uh, celebrating the 25th anniversary of Scrooged. Um, so, we've only got 50 of those, and each one of those come with sort of a miniature top hat, uh, just like... Uh, you know he wears the the end of the film, and um, other than that, you know we're just keeping it cool, celebrating Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, and uh, you know just being nostalgic. It's how we roll. Let's use your psychic powers, and then you can tell us in a couple months when we talk again. Um, what do you think you're gonna get for Christmas this year? Uh-huh. One thing. One thing you think you're gonna get. One thing. And then we can find out later if you got it. <laughs> let's see what would I get this means he's not asking for nothing I don't <laughs> yeah, man. no I'm terrible at this I would love to get a I would love to get a, a, a elf doll Okay. as weird as that sounds I used to have one when I was a kid and uh, it was one of those like little hand puppet I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I hope you get it this Christmas. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this month. Uh, remind everybody where they can go to check you out. Yes. 
you can go to strangekidsclub.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at Strange Kids Club, or you can catch us on Facebook at Strange Kids Club. Very cool. Rattle, as always, thank you, and I will talk to you next month to do this again. All right.
What you are about to hear is an interview that was done on Tales from the Water Cooler. I'm going to play this in its entirety. Uh, the Tales from the Water Cooler guys, minus myself, had a chance to talk to actor and writer Dan Fogler about his book from Archaea, which is Moon Lake Volume 2. He also did Moon Lake Volume 1, but uh, they uh, came on to promote uh, Moon Lake Volume 2. It's about 40 minutes long, but stick around after that because we'll do a Doug segment and then... Uh, we'll do the Tales from the Water Cooler review and basically end the show. So enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Tales from the Water Cooler. Water Cooler! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> With us this week, we have. Infinite Speech. Spider Man Geek. The comic book clergyman and a special guest star. I am Dan Fogler. Dan Fogler. A man of many talents. Um, most notably, he, uh, what brings him to the water cooler is uh, this this fantastic new book he's got out called Moon Lake Volume Two. So and I'm thirsty. I'm so goddamn thirsty. Get the man something to drink <laughs> quickly, quickly. We used to we used to drink heavily on this show. You know that I am drinking. Oh, good. So <laughs> it's just me, but. Anyway, I had the only guy drinking is the priest. Is the clergyman? Well, that and that's <laughs> yeah. typically the case, isn't it? So, I'm, um, I'm drinking and smoking. Well, I'm oh, not. We I'm go. not smoking. Uh, there's no smoke here. But um, <laughs> so we traded in one uh, Dan for another one, and like I said, we're going to talk about uh, Moon Lake Volume Two. Um, so I know uh, Spider-Man Geek and Speech have some questions and things that they want to throw out. So let's get let's get this show started. What do you guys got? And then oh, the yeah. long silence. <laughs> oh, you want me to go ahead? All right. You um, take the so rain, yeah. sir. <laughs> so we've uh, we've had a chance to to read this fantastic book. Actually, I think uh, consensus consensus is when we uh, talked about it a little bit offline is we all pretty much liked it. So that's a good thing. Yeah, it would have um, been really awkward had we not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been so, really awkward. Um, so, uh, yeah, you've obvi- obviously cemented your position in, uh, in geek culture after co-starring in a movie like Fanboys. Uh, you've done an array of voice work in some animated features, so a lot of people know you that way. Uh, but I don't think the greater audience out there has seen the uh, adoration for the horror genre that you're displaying in uh, your Moonlake books, actually. So aside from, uh, oh. you know, mention... You sound oh. like... You sound like Christopher Walken for a second. Uh, <laughs> aside the from for your yeah. moon <laughs> it's, it's the Canadian in me. Uh, no. Uh, so aside from mentioning it in your introduction page, uh, it's pretty apparent these stories are inspired by elements of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, The Twilight Zone, Tales from the Crypt, uh, Heavy Metal you've mentioned as well. Um, were you a big fan of these short uh, horror story, suspense story segments growing up? Yeah, absolutely. I um, Moon Lake is an homage to, like you said, Tales from the Crypt and Twilight Zone and Amazing Stories. And, and when I saw um, when I saw Heavy Metal the movie, um, I saw that and I was like, "Shit! I I wish that this was like a regular kind of TV show, you know?" Mm-hmm. And it was like He uh, like Man on crack. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you had all these different stories, horror, sci-fi, and everything in between, all 
you know, do these different separate stories, but you had the the through line of the Lochnar, um, which which weaves its way throughout all the different stories. And I thought, well, let's why don't I do that, but have a narrator weave all the stories together and have characters cross over. So you have this sort of um, Twilight Zone slash um, like lost kind of situation where you have this place that's displaced from time, which is inherently evil for like a million different reasons. And it's like limbo in the sense that you have all of these different, you know, characters uh, mingling with each other. Like we have a character that's like a, a Sasquatch, but he's incredibly intelligent, like Hunter S. Thompson, you know. I love that guy. And, Alfredo. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he's trying to save the world from the horrible hump monkeys. We <laughs> 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 have characters like Cave Girl and Z-Rex, which is this hot, incredibly hot cave girl uh, witch. She has all these, these uh, powers. Um, she's able to talk to the dead, and she's able to control this uh, zombie Saurus Rex, which is her like best friend, and the two of them. And that that story is very very reminiscent of like the heavy metal stories where you have some hot, scantily clad warrior chick with a giant sword chopping people in half, and mm-hmm. and uh, and then you have. Uh, um, you have desensitized Deidre, which is that was my personal favorite. Mine too. Yeah, yeah too. Um, she uh, she was like the perfect cheerleader, straight A student, and uh, she goes nuts, and for one reason or another, and she uh, starts killing people. But she thinks she's inside this cartoon world, so you know. To her, she's like feeding lollipops to like a teddy bear, but in real life, really shoving a buzzsaw into like somebody's face. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so, so I have to say, um, so I th- this is my first foray into Moon Lake, um, and I, I read volume two. I haven't read volume one yet, um, and uh, and which I, I want to say first of all that for those folks who have not read any Moon Lake. Uh, Volume two is just as accessible. I thought, like, I didn't feel like I, I had a feeling that there were stories in the first volume that led into these stories, but I did not. I didn't feel like it was confusing. Like, I kind of felt like there were good introductions. So it's a good jumping-on point if people haven't read Moonlight Volume One. I plan to go back and read Volume One, but um, but as I was reading this last night, I have a I have a nine-year-old son. And he yeah. was not, he was not feeling well, and um, I, I was starting to read this book, and I was like, not knowing anything about it, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And then like he wakes up, and he's like having like night terrors, and like he starts not he starts sleepwalking, and when he does, he starts saying like crazy stuff. He like he'll just say like there are like uh, you know little creatures in the in his in his room that are like watching him and and they're standing over there and like he started saying all this gibberish stuff and like so Whoa. that was my that was my entree into this was night terrors and trying to deal with a kid who's like sleepwalking and so um it, so I found that a very nice 
uh, segue into this book that there's all of these different things that are coming from dreams and nightmares that are being thrown at you from all different directions. And it, but it was fantastic. It was really, really, really good. So, um, uh, I want to know, I want to know how, like, how did you get so many freaking good artists on this book? Oh yeah. Um, well, they became friends. Uh, a lot of them became friends from the first book. Uh, that was put together, uh, Arkea helped me put the, the first book together. And so someone like Tim Seeley, who was a hack and slash guy, uh, who I love, um, he wrote a story for the first volume and, and for the second one, I was like, could you draw something? You know, and he, he, he did that. And, um, and then, you know, you go to enough, like I went, I went. You go to enough comic cons with a book that's essentially an anthology, and you know, uh, and you have so many different artists on it that they suggest their friends for the next book, and their friend might actually be someone like Derek Robertson, which is like great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jump on board, pal. You know, and and um, and then I went out and I found. Um, you know, someone like Alex Horley, uh, who did a lot of my favorite art in the book. And be, I, I just, uh, you know, he, he, I was looking for someone like Frank Frazetta, and, and he fit the description, and he was down. And, and uh, Aaron Miller is a guy who does uh, art for uh, magic cards. And so I saw his work, and I was like, yeah, I got to get him on board. And so... You, you, you get enough of these guys together, and and of course, uh, um, Arkea was a huge help in in rounding up people, and uh, Joe Lafalvi was uh, uh, fantastic in helping me, and uh, R. H. Davis uh, sent me uh, uh, some great writers my way, um, Kevin Anderson, who uh, who does a lot of the Star Wars and Superman. And he wrote a story that's like an anti-Superman story, where, uh, you know, what if, you know, you know, they always tell the story of, you know, when Superman landed and he was just like this. He's a sweet little toddler. He owns tractors. That's all. You know, like where's the moment where he has a tantrum and rips someone's arm off? By <laughs> it's surprising to me that that take has not been done. Yeah, and and uh, so. And then, you know, I like to grow the characters. So this guy will come back. This baby will come back in volume three as a, a real big threat to the whole Moon Lake universe. And, um, and there's crossover characters. And, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's this big hybrid mishmash of, of all these things that I, I want to pay uh, homage to that I love, essentially. Yeah. So, now, so, with, so with, no, go um, ahead. With, with you already having like a huge list of great artists already on volume one and two, like is there anyone out there that you would want to work with for volume three that you haven't yet or like somebody you've had your eye on and maybe schedules didn't sync up right? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I wanted uh, Jeffrey – well, I wanted Jeffrey Zarnow again. Uh, to do Desensitized Deidre. Uh, he did it in the first book, but 
you know, people's schedules. It's it's tough to balance all these people's schedules. So I found this guy, uh, Dan Darty, who I, you know, I I just loved. So that was like a happy miracle. You know, I, I would love to get, um, you know, I'm 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 a fan of uh, of McFarlane. And, uh, you know, I'd love for, I don't know if he would do anything. <laughs> I met, uh, Mark Silvestri. I mean, he, he may, I'm basically just reaching out to all the, all the, the guys that I, that I love growing up. Uh, um, and I, I, they're all seem interested, you know, they all, they all like the book. They all want to, they all want to, you know, do something. It's great because you get to just, do a little guest star, you know, you can come in and they get to come in and just do a, a little story and, and, uh, and then jump out, you know, um, I, uh, I really wanted to, um, uh, you know, I really, I, I got, I got a ton of, oh, hey, hold on one second, I gotta, I gotta maneuver my, computer here uh yeah I, I i reached out to um to uh uh eric powell you know right does the goon i love him and oh yes and, uh he he was he seemed pretty interested you know um even if it's to come out and do just like a you know like a pin-up or something or right um, I don't care. Just you know, it's just to have them involved with the book is fantastic. So, but, so you mentioned you mentioned some of the some of the guys that you kind of grew up, uh, you know, reading and 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 looking at. I mean, you know, I talked to uh, I talked to uh, I love the I'm a huge fan of the Killer, mm-hmm. and I talked to uh, Matt, and and I think he's going to do something nice. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. What were you saying, brother? Oh, I was just—I was asking, what, what, who were some of your other influences? What did you read when you were growing up? Right. Well, um, when I was growing up, I was like—I was one of the original uh, teenage mutant ninja turtle fans. Like, I was—I was drawing—I was drawing, I was drawing uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles like on my notebook. Before anyone knew what the hell they were, you know, <laughs> like, I knew I wasn't the only one. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and of course, I was a fan of you know Wolverine and the Punisher. But I, I, I would, I would, yeah, I liked a lot of the violent, you know, bloody stuff for sure. Right, and um, and I would, you know, I would play, I would play the role playing games like the Marvel game, and and then. From that, I would create my own characters and and draw them and you know create their own origins and make my own little comic books with them and um so that's that's really where all that started with me and uh yeah, I have like a a slew of superhero characters that i'll from my childhood that I'll start to introduce yeah. into the moon lake universe. That would be awesome. Yeah, with uh, with Moonlake, I'm sure that's that's a seed that's been growing in your head since probably uh, quite some time. But did you always know that you wanted to 
basically to share your your creation, your Moon Lake, uh, uh, with the world through the comic book medium, or would, like was that your first choice? Did you specifically? That, it, it came out of nowhere, really. I I, I was. I directed this movie called Hysterical Psycho, which is uh, going to come out on uh, Netflix uh, very soon. And that movie was my little homage to Psycho, and um, it's it was it went to the festivals, and it was they said it was like Hitchcock on acid, and I thought, well, shit, man, well. Uh, if I could do Hitchcock on acid, why can't I do Hitchcock Presents on acid? And and what happens? <laughs> so it's, you have all these, you have these friends who go up to this, to Moon Lake in, in Hysterical Psycho. You have these friends that go up to Moon Lake, and and because the place is so evil and haunted, one of them goes nuts and starts killing everybody, you know, and uh, uh, you know, Shining style, and um, and I thought, well, shit, man, why don't I just why don't I just do a bunch of stories from Moon Lake? You know, I just I, I just had an endless supply of ideas, and I and I thought if this place was, you know, evil inherently evil since the beginning of human history, then you could basically have stories from prehistoric times until now. Basically, anything goes, and uh, so that that's where the idea came from. So I thought, yeah, why don't I just start making my own little mini franchise here? get the graphic novel going we're cultivating a tv show out of it and and i really just want to make sequels more movies and, and really try to uh, grow the universe as best i can awesome yeah you're off you're off to a good start that's for sure yeah now so, uh it may be go ahead. kind of hard but is there is there one of these in volume two that's like Maybe your your top one that that's just your favorite. Um, I love the cave girl uh, character. She's just like this, uh, you know, this nomadic, hot witch with this zombie dinosaur that follows her around like a a puppy in love, and uh, and she walks the ancient earth. Uh, almost in like uh, a Samurai Jack kind of way where she just, you know, influences a lot of different famous characters in, in our ancient past. And she's a time, she's, she's uh, jumps through time and she's connected to ancient Atlantis and, uh, and Atlantis for me is uh, a major conundrum. You know, I'm always, trying to figure out the connection between Atlantis and the Bermuda Triangle and, you know, Tesla, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's Moon Lake. It's, it's this, this conspiracy theory, you know, wet dream, essentially, like, like uh, all conspiracy theories end up at Moon Lake. And, and uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I just already have, uh, kind of a, a love for conspiracy theories and UFOs and unexplained phenomena and stuff like that. And, um, I also love Desensitized Deidre, who I mentioned, who I think is just a, such a fun, visually fun character where 
she's lost in this cartoon world, like Alice in Wonderland kind of world, but in mm-hmm. reality, she's just slaughtering people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, I love the I love the Sasquatch. You know, this the, the Sasquatch who is. Uh, you know, a, a foul mouth. Um, you know, likes to make sex videos. Hunter, <laughs> guy who's the, you know, he's such a fun character. Um, and that's that was a great character. That he he was when I originally presented that. Um, I wrote this movie, uh, called Camp Sasquatch, which is which was essentially, um, Jaws with a Sasquatch. You know. <laughs> This crazy, weird beasts just just killing people, and I, I filtered it through the writers uh, and Archaea, and they said, you know, it's cool, but why don't we why don't we try a smart Sasquatch? You know, and I and I said, I love it. You know, that's 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 great. So that's that's a lot of the fun of collaborating with great artists. You know, you 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 get gold if you just you know like to to uh, share share the idea and mix it up a little bit. Um, and then, you know, I, each one of them, each character has a place in my heart because once they're on the page, I start thinking about their past. I start thinking about how uh-huh. they in the in, in, in volumes and how, you know, and, and then suddenly they're like a, a major character. They're suddenly they're a major influence in the whole course of the book. Um, one character that, that, uh, I'm a huge fan of that only gets a, a little bit of a moment in the book. It's uh the marijuana man. Um right. <laughs> he's essentially my homage to uh to the swamp thing. Swamp thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. He's a similar kind of uh, elemental warrior for good. Um uh protecting Mother Earth and <laughs> And uh, so he had. So there's what there were. You know, when I when I made volume two, I made enough. I made enough uh, stories to fill probably, you know, two graphic novels. So there were a lot of stories that didn't make it into the book. And um, so there's there's you know there's going to be a volume three, and um, and I really want to, uh, you know, I want to make characters that that people haven't. Uh, done yet you know i I like like the like the super the anti-superman character it's it seems like something that someone should have should have done well i'm 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 picking up the ball here and 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 that's going to be a major character in the book sort of a you know an anti anti superman i need more moon shark yeah, <laughs> I need more Moon Shark. I, I I was so excited when it looked like that was gonna like I was reading it. I thought that that story was gonna go, and then it was just like you know, a just a teaser. I was like, ah, yeah. I wanted to see that. So I'm looking uh, forward to that. Yeah, I um, yeah, Moon Shark. Yeah, that was that was my homage to Jaws and that Third. and that uh, that episode the Twilight of Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah, with the gremlin on the wing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then that's right next to the uh that's right next to a story that's an homage to uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. Mm-hmm. Um which is this uh The Adventures of Spartacus Jackson. <laughs> 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 you know, I'm, I'm naming I'm naming my next kid that. 
Elect. <laughs> Sounds like a porn star, though, Jeff. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. He's like a gigantic penis, and he's, <laughs> he's, uh, and he's saving the world. No, he, and he unearths these, um, these ancient scrolls, these the Moon Lake scrolls, which may or may not contain very uh, kind of a, a missing link about who our ancestors might be, and they might be aliens, who knows, you know, it's all Sumerian, you know, craziness. Uh, and um, so he's that character, and, uh, you know, obviously a huge uh, uh, symbol of conspiracy in the book. Um, and then, of course, you have the man in the moon, who is the narrator, who is basically Hitchcock on shrooms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's sustaining himself by by eating aliens and, <laughs> and recycled aliens, recycled aliens, and regaling the uh, the many stories of Moon Lake, uh, t- perhaps he's insane. Who knows? <laughs> uh, one one of the more enigma- enigmatic uh, characters that made a very small appearance in both books, I believe, is um, is uh, Zvita Putin. Uh, are we gonna are we gonna see more of her possibly in Volume Three or? Oh, you like Sveta? I like uh. Sveta. She's uh, she's she's piqued my interest because uh, we really we really don't know much about her except she's some sort of super Soviet spy with a extra hairy bush. So, <laughs> Williams down there, and I. That's quote. right. And she's obsessed with starting a hump monkey revolution <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, she does. She does make a you know in in volume three, we'll do. Uh, uh, we'll do another Camp Sasquatch, and we'll we'll learn a little bit more about her origin. Yes, and uh, the time that she spends with the sheriff uh, from the first book, who mm-hmm. turns out to be the the main alpha monkey who escapes to the Sasquatch universe and and then humps his way through all the Sasquatches. <laughs> Make evil <laughs> yetis, turning them into evil yetis. Uh, yeah, and we'll spend more time in actually the, in the actual Sasquatch universe and see that story unfold. Uh, and I really want that uni- the Sasquatch universe. I- I'd love it to look like the art from uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That's what I- I'd I'd love. Oh, yeah. to- that was my. I think that would be really cool to see that universe in that tone. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, each each one of the characters. I love, uh, you know, Mister Space Time is essentially our Silver Surfer character, um, kind of guardian of of humanity and time and space. He's cool. It's funny because he's he's so he's the most normal character out of you know your entire stable of characters. Is uh, is uh, the time and space guy? So it's kind of funny to get to him, where you know the dialogue made sense, and he had these conversations, and he was hopping through time, and really interesting, interesting character to to see develop in this kind of universe. Uh, yeah, he's sort of like that. Yeah, he's a square peg, sort of in the round hole type thing, and it, I I thought it was it was made him pretty interesting. Yeah, he's um, he's a soldier who. Has an accident uh, happen that tur- that turns him into a living 
time portals. So he's just this 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 grunt who is, you know, basically trying to figure out his newfound powers, which he can't control, and he just keeps like quantum leaping through time and messing shit up and <laughs> Sid and you know he 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 keeps on you know creating parallel universes where uh you know he's he tries to kill Hitler a million times and it keeps fucking up you know? <laughs> <laughs> he keeps on, and he he really means well but he's he's just a regular guy really upstairs um yeah, I love he, how, I love how he jumped too far into the past where there was nothing, like 13 million BC or whatever, and then he had he had to kind of wait around until the first single cell organism yeah. developed on Earth, and then he could latch onto that and then start living again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, that was pretty great. He, he needed an anchor that he yeah he jumps back before the Big Bang. Uh, yeah, he he's such a He's an interesting character. Um, I, I think that uh, he, in, in, in volume three, he's you know he, bec- he he's always there to when when all things look like they're about to be the end, uh, he comes in and saves the day, obviously, and his powers just keep on uh, you know changing, and and he keeps on finding new powers and. So he's he's a he's a very super powerful being in that world, um, and he and um, the uh, well here's this little spoiler the the, the kid the anti Superman kid that they they send away uh, and hope that he never comes back <laughs> uh, <laughs> the the aliens the Greys on the moon uh, get a get a hold of him and they. Uh, basically, turn him into uh, their own personal weapon versus humanity. So um, this anti-Superman and Mister Spacetime go go head to head in the third volume, and many many casualties. And it's 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 Armageddon essentially, Armageddon all over again. <laughs> so it's like Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> the complete Man of Steel ripoff. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. When it's, when when can we expect volume three? It's what? When when can we expect volume three? Um, I'm thinking probably uh, in a year or two. Nice. Uh, see how see how volume two does, and uh, but you know, there's there's a plethora of 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 content. That's for sure. Right. Uh. And um and and there's all sorts of other stuff too, uh other stuff outside of Moon Lake that I'm I'm cultivating. Um this character, uh uh Brooklyn Gladiator that I've been working on, which is uh that's more of like a kind of like a prophet vibe. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, but let's stick to Moon Lake. Let's stay on the Moon Lake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Spoilers. So, <laughs> Spoilers. So, uh, is Moon Lake officially released tomorrow, I believe? Is that true? Or is yeah. uh, Moon Lake uh, actually comes out um, December 4th. December 4th, okay. And uh, you can go on the Boom site and pre-order. Pre-order uh, people. 
pre-order. You pre- you will pre-order immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's cool. And then um and then they're going to have these digital comics that come out every week after it it hits the shelves and the digital comics will have content that didn't make it into the book, which is cool. Ah, nice. Nice. Get all sorts of fun extras. Uh, and and it's an Archaea book, so we know it's going to be really pretty. Oh yeah, it's it's delicious. It's yeah, Archaea uh, and Boom fully supports it. Nice. Yeah, this is definitely something that you could you could buy for your let's say your grandmother yeah. or <laughs> or your um you know or your you know 5 year old niece or nephew and and give that to them for christmas and and see what their reaction would be i would love to to see what that what that reaction might might i be. i would love to see that too i would love to see the grandma reading it to the 5 year old <laughs> that would be even better it, this is appropriate for that i mean I, I i do think that i can see that image in my mind and it brings warm fuzzy feelings to me uh in my to heart your- to your lower chakras? Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the, um, the, uh, I, I, yeah, I actually, got... the, the demographic is, is more like uh, like at least 13 years old to... Uh, I guess your grandma can read it, yeah. If she's, if she's twisted and sick. Yeah. This, I don't know. This, this I don't book I would have read at 13, and when mom walked in the room, I would just, you know, casually just slide it off to the side. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I was, that's when I found my, my brother's heavy metal yeah. using collection when I was 13, and I was like, Taboo. This is what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, lots of, lots of titties and, and sex and stuff. Which yeah, that's when my mom walked in the room. I was going through my buddy's heavy metal books, and I borrowed some. And she hadn't come in all day because I'd been sick. But the one time I opened up heavy metal, she couldn't walk in while I was reading X Men. Superman. Anybody else? Soon as those titties were on the page, mom walks in. <laughs> she looked at me, and I looked at her, and I'm like, "Damn, why and now?" That shame lives in you forever. Uh, it's a little bit of shame now. We've all been there, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Moms and they're not knocking on the doors. Yep. Don't they know what privacy is? You just think because they pay the mortgage on the house. I know. I, you know, I like this. I like this style of of kind of building a universe. Um, that that, and I haven't really thought about it before. Um, but you know, being a more of a comic book fan than I, I would say a heavy metal fan or or any of those other kind of genres that this this kind of you know that that, that you're paying homage to. Um, I, I like the idea that you're really building. I mean, you're building like a Marvel Universe kind of thing, but you're doing it in kind of in these, you know, huge anthology installments. Um, it makes me think, like, what if Stan Lee had just, you know, done anthologies and, and, and you know, well, I guess he did originally, but, uh, but did, but, you know, developed all of the Marvel superheroes in kind of this, in this fashion. I mean, I, I think it's just an interesting way to tell the story instead of, because e- any of these could be ongoing series, I think. Um, any of these could be, uh, you know, you could take these out and you could do your own. You could do a whole graphic novel of, of you know, just Deidre or or any of these things. So yeah, that's the plan: is to introduce all these different origins and then spin them off. And this is the mothership, you know. Right. 
Um, and yeah, I, I, this is an, an anti, anti Marvel universe. You know, yeah. every, mm-hmm. every character is just a little bit twisted and weird and different and, and on the spectrum of, uh, of evil. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're all a little bit tweaked and, um, and, you have these they're all anti heroes essentially so i mean that's 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 was one of the main goals was to just keep growing these characters and then have them spin off and do their own series and uh do their own movies and that's that's my plan i'm glad that's the plan. You, glad you saw that i'm glad yeah. you <laughs> yeah yeah uh, good. It's fucking working. It is. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yep. We, you guys got a couple more questions for for good old Dan. Um, more of a declaration. Okay. Yeah. yeah Everyone needs to buy Moon Lake Volume Two, and if you haven't read one, pick it up immediately. Volume Two is fun. It's all that twisted sick, fun, demented crap that you would have to sneak to read if you were a kid. <laughs> and if you are a 13, 14, 15-year-old kid, pick this up. Hide it between the mattress, but as soon as mom is gone, just read it. Just make sure she doesn't walk in when the titties are on the page or you have this feeling like I did. Yeah. This is, this, this is definitely one of those anthology books because we were, I mean, we made a comment that it's hard to even pick up one where every artist yeah, that's right. Point, and it looks as good as this book does. I mean, and we're not just saying that, you know, because you're here. This was what, you know, this is the agreement that the three of us came to. This is one good looking book from story to story. Even the shorts, it's like nobody took a shortcut or, you know, oh, I'm I'm only doing one panel, so let um let me just whip this out real fast. The artists were fantastic. The book is great, and everybody has their own style, but throughout there's this thread that connects every single thing and you will enjoy it reading it people so get out there pre-order it because i hear that pre-ordering is like the holy grail to keep these books to keep the good books coming because the crappy books will always be there it's the good books that get lost in the shuffle make sure moon lake volume two does not get lost in the shuffle this is um thanks brother this is a quote uh from jay baruchel um on, from the book, he says, uh, Moon Lake is like every cool movie from your childhood rolled into one badass lunatic best friend of a comic book, gleefully wielding a machete in the midst of some sort of post-apocalyptic gladiatorial melee. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly, exactly. what it is. Yep. And uh, Seth Green says, Moon Lake is a modern creep show full of new twists on my favorite horror and pop culture conventions. Damn you, Dan Fogler, for being so freaking talented and cool. I just wanted to, I just, I like that one a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. So, yeah, thanks, guys. I'm glad you, I'm glad you dug it. Um, Yeah, if you like it, uh, I definitely, we're going to make more. Sweet. Yeah. Well, if I keep them coming. Uh, Oh, also, um, if you're in New York, on December fourth, uh, 
Forbidden Planet. I'm doing a signing. Speech. Uh, 6 p.m. Forbidden Planet signing Moon Lake 2. And the, and the first uh, 60 people who come, they're going to get all sorts of free stuff. Nice. So come on out and say hello, and I'll sign your stuff. Speech. There you go, man. Well, you want me to make a speech? No, 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 no. Nah, he's talking about me. I don't even think I'm going to be in town that oh, week. It sucks now. Oh. Uh, maybe I can get someone to go in my place. I have friends in the city. There you go. Yeah, please send them out, man. And and, uh, and if you are in the city uh, at some point uh, in the near future, I'll, I'll get you a book, brother. Oh, uh, well, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, look, uh, thank you for coming. And show and showing up and talking Moon Lake. Hopefully, we can all get together and talk Moon Lake Volume Three, Four, and Five. I'm down, man. I, I appreciate mm-hmm. it. That's great. All, all right. right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. We appreciate you having being here. Do you want to stick around, or do you want to? Uh, are you going to shove off? Uh, yeah. I better run. I gotta put the the kid to bed. All right. <laughs> that sounds good, man. Well, thanks a lot, Dan. We sure appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. All right, you take it easy. Take care, man. Okay. Our Metal Blade Spotlight this month comes to us from The Ocean. With their new triple DVD set coming out on December 10th, this is Bathyplegic 2, The Wish in Dreams.
So it is time to do another fantastic, amazing, awesome segment of I Hate Everything You Love with Doug Paskevich. What's up, Doug? How you doing? I'm doing. How are you doing? Uh, I've lost the will to live, Dan. Is it because it's December? A little bit, yeah. Is it because yeah. Hanukkah started so early? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like to, you know, get ready and have Schindler's List ready and then get down to the menorah and melt it down and eat it so the Nazis can't get it. Then I hide under my bed. You gotta watch out for those Nazis. Uh, Horrible. Yeah, it's, well, it's my, it's my birthday and then I heard the first Christmas music of the year already. You it just was, heard it? Know. You just heard it? Yeah. It wasn't like right after Halloween you heard it? No. Strangely wow. enough, I, I love Christmas music. And I love Christmas, but it, it hates me. <laughs> just, like the, just like the NFL reps will, hate you. Yeah, it's like the year will just hold everything back until December. And, hey, let's just, hey, let's fuck up his, fuck up his Christmas again. You know, like, hey, shouldn't we have something go bad? Uh. Like in July, during comic no, 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 he's ready for it, then he's girded, just wait, <laughs> so wait till uh, White Christmas comes on, and then boom, the sun will die. We'll <laughs> <laughs> be talking as Graham, so drop dead right there, right on the field, you can see the receiver hit the floor, Merry Christmas, like that. <laughs> oh. Hey, I got, so, I got something that can make I, it worse for you. I heard today that they're making a sequel to, um, oh my God, how do I, A Wonderful Life. Wonderful Life. Life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I heard that too. Yeah. Which actually, it's interesting you brought that up because I actually did a little, I'm somewhat prepared today, actually, for for our segment. Oh. Are you laughing at me? (laughs) Because it makes it sound like you're never prepared. Well, you know, I usually have something on my mind, but I, I actually have st- stuff written down here. Okay. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help everybody through Christmas. I mean, the holidays, you know, they're rough for a lot of people. You know? A lot of people have trouble. It's a depressing time of year. Well, it's, it is I, true. Fast, it's a stressful time of year because you got family and friends and all sorts of crap to do. But if you don't have family and friends and all sorts of crap to do, then it's just depressing because you're just watching everybody else have fun, you know. It's a rough mm-hmm. time of year for a lot of people, so I'm, I've got some advice for you, you people out there. Look at, okay, pretend like there's a clock, and one side of it is happiness, and the other side is sad, right? So, like, from noon until six would be sadness, right? You follow me so far? I got you. And then from six back up until... 11.59 would be happier. So what a lot of people tell you to do is, you know, to buck up and surround yourself with happy people and try to pull yourself out. You know, try to keep your head up and all that. Mm-hmm. I feel this is terrible advice because when you're depressed in the holidays, you're at about 4.35 o'clock on, on the face of my happy fat clock. And they expect you to somehow wind everything back all the way up to 
You see what I'm saying? And that oh, makes yeah. sense with her. Oh, yeah. It's brilliant in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so you're at like 4.35 o'clock. There's no way during the holidays you can push yourself all the way back up to 11.59. But it's like sick door. What you can do is just embrace the misery and just push right on past in the 6 o'clock where you're so depressed and miserable. It's just it's funny again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're like you're you push on past feeling sad and depressed until you're Will Ferrell and Anchorman just wandering around with warm milk in the street, just shouting at people. You know, <laughs> just push yourself in that. Really, if you're gonna, if you're ready to kill yourself, the world's your oyster now because you don't give a fuck, right? Sure. Somebody calls you and invites you to Christmas. Yeah, fuck you, Grant. I'm not going to your Christmas party. You hang up the phone. What do you care? You're going to blow your brains out anyhow. What do you give a fuck? You know what I'm saying? Just park in a handicapped spot. Just park across two handicapped spots. You know, if you're at the grocery store and the little self-checkout thing doesn't work, just take your arm and just sweep all your groceries right into the floor and leave. Right? What do you care? <laughs> what do you give a fuck? You're 10 seconds away from cutting your own wrist. You don't give a shit. Fuck these eggs then. Just, just take it and throw them right on the floor. Say, fuck you, your thing don't work, and then leave. You know, just take, take a whiz aisle nine. You can check out at any time you want now. Fuck it, right? <laughs> You're not pushing back up all the way to 1159. Can't be done. You can push past through past 6 p.m. to like, fuck it, I'm killing myself anyhow. Woo, look at this, huh? What is it, a handicap spot? Fuck you. Take a crap right on the right, right on the little handicap painting on the, on the ground of the thing. Just, just drop your shirt just right on it. Boom, you know? Yeah. Walk up, you know, walk up to the line of kids telling there's no Santa Claus. You want to do whatever the hell you want. Eat, don't pay, just leave. You know, take two bites out of it so you don't like it, leave. Just ruin everybody else's Christmas. You'd be a complete asshole, right? Sure, sure. Because all these people that, you know, you do blow your brains out, let's say. The first thing they say is, you're selfish and you should have reached out to somebody, blah, 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 you know, right? All these people magically care now because you're dead. Well... And, and you know, if you if you could go back in time and just be an asshole to them for one day instead of killing yourself, they'd take that, right? Right. They they take that. Oh, you see, if only you could have just sent it. Well, vent these motherfuckers. Vent on them. What do you, you know? Do it. <laughs> now, it might not always be so easy to push on through because once you get depressed, you sort of just spin in your tires in the mud. You know, you, you're kind of stuck at a mid level of depression. So I've got some holiday movies here that you can watch. Oh, goodness. Push you, push you past 6 p.m. Into I, into I don't give a fuck. I'm ruining everything for everybody on my way out. And that'll probably amuse you all the way through the holidays until you don't feel like killing yourself. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what's on this list. I mean, this honestly, this is what I do. I feel it coming on, and I know, you know, I can't get out of it. It's too late to get a family. You know, it's December 10th already. Yeah, I feel like to get a wife and feel like get a wife and kids at this point. <laughs> so I can't, I can't do that. But I can just go out and be a complete asshole and have the time of my life. Okay. So okay, so uh, <laughs> it, write these down, people, because you're going to want to watch these during the holidays. It'll it'll help you make your depression just so life sappingly absurd that it doesn't even hurt anyone. Uh, the road. Have you seen that one? Is that is oh my god is oh is that with Viggo Mortensen? Yes, 
Yes, it, it, where you it, just walk yes. to a barren wasteland of no sun and people eating each other. Just, just a depressing trek with his, with his just trying to not have his kid get raped or eaten by all sorts of crackpot zeepsters. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, and it's great. Yeah, that's all. That's all it is. People that movie, just him and his kid wandering in some post-apocalyptic world where there's no sun and everything is dead and there's nothing to eat. People are killing each other to eat them. And in between that are scenes of him watching his wife uh, run out into a fire and kill herself. So, so the depression is broken up by flashbacks of even more depressing things. Perfect movie for the holiday. Mm-hmm. That, write that one down, The Road. Uh, up in the Air, have you seen that one? That's with uh, George Clooney where all he does is travel, right? Yeah, that's with George Clooney where he just travels around and realizes he has no actual life and it's the most depressing ending ever. Awesome, awesome movie for the holidays. <laughs> I Am Sam, have you seen that? Yes, I have seen I Am Sam. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, a Beautiful Mind, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at the end you find out he really is fucking crazy, he'll be crazy his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. He is really smart, but but none of the things he thought up were actually happening. And he wasn't really saving the world, he's just a crackpot. He just putters, putters around some college for the rest of his life seeing things. Awesome. Leaving Las Vegas. Is that, that one? Is that the one where he's an alcoholic and he goes there to die? Yeah, he goes to Las yeah, Vegas. I'm ruining these movies for everybody, ain't I? <laughs> Holiday movies, people. Write these, if you're sad, write these down because they'll blow you right past that into everything being absurd. <laughs> so you guys are just, just, it's just, you know, like your carburetor's a little clogged up or there's a little carbon in your valves. Just, just. Redline that sucker on the highway and just blow it all right out of there. <laughs> Fuck it! Christmas! Well, leaving Las Vegas, so I almost disqualified because you get to watch Nicolas Cage die, and that might be kind of uplifting. Yeah, that could help some people. Yeah. Oh, so I, Old Yeller. Watch that right afterwards. Nah. And I put And I put It's a Wonderful Life on here, but with an asterisk. Uh, you're going to want to stop that movie when he gets to the bridge. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Watch that up to the point where you're begging God to give him his life back and just, just maybe you could splice that so the credits roll. So the last thing you see is just him crying on the bridge. <laughs> oh, Can you imagine if that's how it ended and then late, years later you find out that there was this alternate ending that the studio no, didn't, didn't want? <laughs> that's exactly what happened, Dan. I'm not making that up. I, I read somewhere that that's how it was supposed to end, and this dude is like, are you high? We can, we can end a movie like this. Are you kidding me? We, we got guys coming off the boat, you know, from, World, from Europe and World War II and shit, man. We can't just do this to people. What, are you kidding? No. Maybe it was the Korean War then. I don't know. I'm fuzzy on the black. Once you're in the black and white movie, I just assume it's during World War II. But anyhow, yeah, that's how it was supposed to end. Like that. That's one insane. of the few times a studio stepped in and actually made a movie better. <laughs> Did they, Doug? Did they? Yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? If it, if it ended like that, oh my God. No one would even be <laughs> talking about it. Yeah, the population would have dropped right off the table. People would have jumped in front of pigeons pitch, left and right after seeing that. I, I wouldn't be able to get past that one. I'd be like, fuck. Oh. What else you got for the plus, holidays? Plus, Clarence wouldn't get his wings. So it'd be dumb, like, double depressing. <laughs> <laughs> a, a soulless, a 
bodiless soul weeping on the bridge and some sad angel is a laughing stock now? <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> There's so many that you that, how did you not have the the mist on there? The mist? Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? I was trying to think of the name of that one, actually. The Mist. Is that the one where they're all trapped in the grocery store and then they escape and just kill themselves in the yep. car? Yep. Yeah. That's a good one, too. I like that one a lot. <laughs> I'm going to write that one down because I haven't watched that Christmas Eve. <laughs> I might even have, like, you know, some some uh, Bing Crosby music playing when they off themselves in the, in the SUV. Yeah. Yeah. Baby, it's cold outside. That, that's a perfect song for it, because there's all those teachers running around. <laughs> Baby, it's cold outside. Blam! 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 <laughs> like that. See, but that movie, that movie's a perfect point. Those people all whacked themselves, and for what? Was, you know, they were almost through it anyhow. They didn't even know. Right. They should just, you know, they just took off their clothes and started doing it or something. Whatever. You didn't buy monsters anyhow. What's the, what's the difference? You can either shoot yourself in your car and be boring or get eaten by a monster and it'd be exciting. I'd rather get eaten by a monster. What do you say? Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Merry Christmas. But, and also on the list, uh, Schindler's List and the Boy in the, in the Striped Pajamas. Which are two, two Nazi movies, which aren't on my list because they just make me laugh, but they should be on other people's lists. I've never heard of that second one, the boy in the striped pajamas. The boy in the striped pajamas. Oh, it's uh, some uh, German kid befriends some Nazi, or I'm sorry, some Jewish kid who's in a concentration camp. You know, like uh, playing through the bar for what? Oh, it's depressing as all hell. But it's funny to me, not just not for the sake of the you know, I think that a six sense of humor. But the real thing is, I can't get past that these are just movies. You know, like when I watch Schindler's List. I'm, all I can see is these actors and other roles that they played, and I know at some point somebody yells cut, and then the Nazi and then the Jewish victim, they both go to the same catering cart and have shrimp. Oh. You know? <laughs> I can't I can't suspend my disbelief long, long enough for them to not be funny to me. You right, know? right. You know, Ralph Fiennes walking around shooting people with his rifle off his thing. I, it's horrifying, except I can't get past it. It's just a movie, and somebody thought this up. Like, what? Really? This is the scene we're running today? You know, Ralph Fiennes is reading through his script, okay, and then, like, looking to make sure he's standing on the X so the camera has him in the right position and all that. <laughs> and then, like I say, when it's done, they all go to the same catering card. Hey, yeah, good shot today. Yeah, good scene. That was really powerful stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Taking fistfuls of free shrimp from the catering card off and dropping and dropping. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the sound effects. <laughs> that's, that's the sound effect of a, a, a uh, an extra actor dressed like a Nazi and an extra dressed like a uh, concentration camp victim both munching on free fish or free shrimp. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Well, that sure was something. Oh, that's a powerful stuff. I can't wait to put this on my resume. This is going to look good. I hope if this gets an Emmy, we're both going to get speaking roles for sure. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Well, plus, you know, I said hello to Spielberg, you know, earlier. He said, said this is, I look real good. Like that. Oh, my God. All that, all that stuff's in my head while I'm watching, so they're not depressing. But to other people, they're depressing movies. Sure. Sure. So that's my list, everybody. That's a good list. That's a good Merry list. Christmas. 
Enjoy the holiday. I think every month now you should just come up with some movie list to relate to some holiday. <laughs> well, I mean, the, Christmas is its own thing. You know, the holidays are their own thing. I know. I know. I, I wouldn't recommend this. I would ruin holiday if I like. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get ruined anyhow. Like, I don't mind the screw it, so I have no problem ruining, ruining it for other people. Okay. Which is my point. Again, you know, I could be sitting around feeling bad, or I could be on this podcast with you making sure everybody else is ruined. Right. Right. Well, uh, speaking speaking of Christmas, uh, you are telling people on your Facebook page that commissions are a good Christmas present. Yes, absolutely. Uh, go to arsenicwillabines.com or find me on Facebook and uh, get a commission for somebody. I don't just do horrible things. You know, if you want something nice, I can do that too. <laughs> <laughs> or if you, you know, if you want a picture of a bunch of people eating. Santa Claus during the movie The Road, you know, I can do that. You know, if you want uh, Schindler's List, I can draw some Schindler's List for you and put Santa Claus in the background, something, whatever. (laughs) That's too funny. The thing I'm right now, I'm working on a commission for a guy who's got uh, Doctor Who gets killed by the Martians from Mars Attack. They like your Mars Attack stuff, huh? Yeah, and it's, it's turning out nice. So I don't just do my own, you know, you name it, I'll No, you did that really, really nice uh, turtle piece where uh, one of the turtles is getting attacked by the zombie fetuses. Yeah, yeah, that one turned out good, too. Did they specifically yeah, tell you what Doctor Who, or, or did you get to choose yeah. which Doctor? No, no, you, you, no, they're very specific. And, it, and that's a tip for you guys, you know, be as specific as possible when you order a commission. We don't mind. We'd, we'd rather have you be specific. Very cool. Uh, don't, you know, yeah, I don't. Yeah, a lot of people are shy about that. They're, you know, just do whatever you want. Well, you're paying for it, dude. <laughs> you know, pretend you're, you're pretend you're the publisher because that's what we're used to doing. You know, tell us what you want, and we'll, we'll handle it. Well, uh, if, for some, if there's somebody else, you know, they do really make really nice Christmas presents because one, nobody knows how much you spent on it. You know, <laughs> you can get a, a fairly inexpensive commission and then. It gets as much clout as like a you know like a diamond ring, jewelry. Even more, even because it's so unique and it's one of a kind. So it's really big brownie points. You don't have to spend as much as everyone else does. Right. And and they can't re-gift it because it's you know it's a picture of them or something. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> unless they're a twin, an identical twin. Mm, but yeah, not... or, if it's drawn, or unless it's drawn by me, where everybody looks alike anyhow. <laughs> You can either be the skinny blonde guy or the fat blonde guy or the skinny brunette or the fat brunette. If those are your choices. So, okay, well, we're since since we're not technically um, going to talk in, next month because, uh, you know, I've, I've let everybody split and, and kind of, you know, have a month off from doing the podcast. Did you have a good 2013 overall? It's too early to tell, Dan. Too early to tell. That's why I'm December, asking you. That's why I'm asking you before December gets here. <laughs> yeah, but December's waiting for me. You know, it's all the I got all the good stuff. All the bad stuff. It all just packs up. It's just waiting around the corner with like, the Tucci Theater. Just waiting for me to go into the alley. You know, wait, wait for me. Wake up. Waiting for me to walk into the uh, proverbial ATM to cash in my year, and then boom. 
blood pipe right across the back of the head. <laughs> hey, guess who died? Hey, guess what you got? You know, stuff like that. Oh, good lord. All right. I'll have to tell you the next time we talk whether or not it was a good year. Okay, I'll, I'll ask you next time. How about that? Okay. What about we'll you, Dan? Did you have a good year? Uh, sure. I got to. I started this podcast this year, so I, I had a good year. It's only been a year. No, it hasn't been a year yet. But I Has started it. Been a year? I started it in twenty. No, this will be episode nine. We got three more to go. Jeez. Oh, no. It did. <laughs> and with that, I'll talk to you later, Tuck. Happy holidays. Off of their self-titled debut album, Avatarium. This is Boneflower.
The Endless Talker, the Horror Host, the Canadian Web Slinger. They meet here in the basement of an abandoned comic book shop for one purpose and one purpose only. To drink from the water cooler of stories and talk about comic books. This is Tales from the Water Cooler. Alright, up next is my pick, and this week I chose 68 Hollowed Ground number one. This is, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, this is a special one shot that is dedicated to the late Josh Metters and his entire family. Um, okay, so on February 13, 1968, a passenger train derails in Strainer, Mississippi, with a rotting mass of the living dead blocking the tracks. Hundreds are killed, and a few desperate survivors are forced to hole up the best they can. Inside a small rural town, trapped in a tiny church, two soldiers, fresh from the killing fields of Vietnam, must do their best to defend a handful of civilians from the oncoming horde of flesh-eating cadavers. While a man named for the devil holds his barricade sanctuary, a sniper in the belfry above practices his, his, his deadly trade, slaying the disciples of hell from a hundred yards away. Written by Mark Kidwell, pencils by... Kyle Charles and colors J photos and the layouts originally were done by Josh Metters. Long solicits. Okay, so um, I was I was kind of debating <coughs> between which books I was the two I was going to pick this week because there were two that I really liked, but when I finally um, got to this because I'd read this one second, I I knew this one is the the one that I had to pick um, because I what I think that. The 68 team does better than anyone else when it comes to comics, is I think they really know how to capture the zombie, the the George Romero zombie, and 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 that's what they're doing, and I think they're doing it just beyond what anyone else does. Because other stuff you'll have, you know, I don't know, the zombies are talking, or like The Walking Dead, they're not even there. Or you know, <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, so you know, but Surprise. but but this every every time I read sixty eight, it's it's somehow I get that feel of like the actual zombie movies, you know, zombie cinema really kind of plays into it and whatnot. So with this one, you you have these two tales. You have uh, part one where they're on the ground floor of the church, and it's you know basically. This is how we're gonna survive, and and whatnot. And I'm like, well, why is this a part one? And I'm I'm just trying to understand it as as I'm reading along. And basically, they they get overwhelmed, and um, you know, the the one soldier realizes that he's kind of just got to do what he's got to do. And there's there's a kid, and he tells the kid to go hide, and kaboom, everything goes up. Well, now all of a sudden we're on part two, and part two is what's happening up in the bell tower. With the sniper, and, and there's a girl up there, and you know, you, you can obviously see that she's going to turn at, at some point and whatnot. But you kind of get into the mindset of what you know, what the snipers, the way he sees things, and, and you know what he, why he's killing them, and then marking off the apostles and and whatnot. And you know, both stories are intertwined to be exactly at the same time. So when 
you get to the end, kind of towards the end of the second one, you have the big explosion from downstairs in the church, and he goes down and he basically saves the kid. And what it all leads up to is just what I thought was just like this real, you know, clincher of an ending that really just brought everything, like, seriously, completely together, where he's like, well, I I did get bit, I'm going to teach you how to use the gun. And I just thought, just for a freaking one-shot, that just encompassed, like, everything that it needed to. It, it, It had this great start, and just the great storytelling of telling the two tales from... Just the the fact that you're on the first story and the second story of a goddamn building, I, just it it was really cool though the way that everything came together. And then you know, of course, I'll, I'll point out that there's this great write up about uh, Josh and and everything that he went through at the end, and um, he he is definitely missed. And I'm glad this book came out, and you know, we they were able to share it. So I will pass it over to Speech. All right. Uh, first thing I want to take note is that I pretty much stared at the cover for I don't know how long that cover is just freaking awesome and it was just you know the no nose the drooling zombie the bullet and then you open it up and it's just like ah you know you get the you get the huge hole in the back of the head it was it was just great and then um as the story goes where you see where the sniper picks off the first zombie it's kind of like it has maybe a 3d effect because you have the really huge eye that comes shooting out the head i would have loved to see that in motion because it looks like it's moving already but um like you said it's it's a great way to tell two different stories i thought it was just going to be just one but we get two tales from the first floor and one from the second floor and um things were kind of like screwed up for my man up in the uh, for the sniper there but it moves at a good pace it looks great i mean the the priest catches a good good left hook right in the face i was like wow my man was really really uh, pissed off but um it was kind of like one of those last stand types because the the zombies are coming and the bad thing about the church is it has these really large windows for them to get into even though they've like blocked all the doors and all of that but it, it was just fantastic um panel after panel and i mean there's not much i can say this book was just awesome, so I'm gonna just go ahead and pass it on to uh, Spider-Man Geek. Um, I completely agree. I think this was uh, the best read out of uh, all of our four picks this week. I really truly enjoyed it. It has a very, uh, as you mentioned, that you know it's the Romero. It's and it has a very cinematic um, B movie feel to it. So much so, you know, that you have all that that typical corny stuff, the guy that's named after the devil and he's trapped into a church, all that to culminate into it, like his his final battle cry you know, it's like they, they wrote it that way just so that they, they started with the last scene where he goes, I'm gonna show them the devil or whatever it is uh, you know, it's it's so corny in B-movie, but it's it's so awesome at the same time because that's that's, that's the entire feeling of this book and the and that's essentially why you would read it, and that's that's what makes it so charming. Um, if you can use charming in the, in, in a <laughs> like, like this, but uh, yeah, the art is fantastic. You know, you got you got the gore factor in there. Uh, you don't need a long introduction to all the characters. You get a quick introduction to the two main characters. You automatically uh, feel for them and kind of follow them along, and uh, and the, both stories uh, come together at the end. Uh, again, you know, with the 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 guy, the sniper in the in the bell tower, uh, 
his story was <laughs> shooting at the apostles and all that, all that just to lead to his final line right at the end about about the first apostle that the kid's going to end up meeting. Um, you know, <laughs> so it's super corny B movie, but I I absolutely absolutely loved it. Uh, the art was great. It's a good zombie book and a great one shot. So there's no reason why you shouldn't pick this up. It's entertaining as hell. So Jeff, uh, um, it's cool that they got Todd McFarlane to draw this. <laughs> <laughs> you noticed a few panel too, eh? Well, no. Which I actually say that I actually say that with as a compliment. Um, exactly. Because uh, this this is this is like really good Todd McFarlane art from the from the nineties that I you know that I remember. Um, I mean I don't know what Todd McFarlane's art looks like these days, but anyway, um, uh, yeah, just a real hyper kind of detailed in terms of lots of hatching, cross hatching, and stuff like that, and um, good stuff. Uh, you know, I, we've talked about this before, but like uh, you know. Y- do we have to have another freaking preacher who is a <laughs> idiot? I mean, come on. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm guessing all clergy people are nothing but, you know, uh, or so maybe they were supposed to be, um, you know, bigoted idiots. I guess we are. He's but, black and named after the devil. Oh, so, yeah, see? I, I my eyes. You it too, man. We so, get it too. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, I, but I mean, I, I understand. I mean, if if they're kind of going for that kind of typical, like like Dan said, uh, B movie kind of, then yes, all of this is just kind of perfect. Everybody plays their role just perfectly. But I did kind of was like, oh great, you know, here we go, another another great, uh, you know, example of of Christianity again. While you know, the one person who is named after the devil actually is the one who is. Uh, showing compassion and and love to this little boy who's lost his family. But anyway, um, now you know how I feel every time the black guy <laughs> dies first, exactly. or or is exactly. a pimp or a drug dealer. That's right. Like, really? Yeah. But, um, but no, I mean, I think uh, I uh, decap what you said about this kind of being. You don't need it as a one shot. This you don't need any more about these people. Like it is a perfect kind of encapsulation of a situation where they're being attacked. They're thrust into this situation. They have to f- figure out what they're going to do. Um, I was really surprised when uh, um, when the when the the devil named guy uh, uh, Apple that they're naming it, that they're calling him, um, when when he kind of. What what ends up happening to him ends up happening. Um, I was really surprised by that. Um, I kind of thought that he would be the one to kind of the way that they set it up. It made it sound well. I'll just spoil it. I mean, he gets killed, but um, <laughs> <laughs> and his superpower I, is displayed yeah. once again. Um, I thought the way that they were going to set it up was that you know he was going to kind of ride off into the sunset with the with the kid, but but that didn't happen, and that that surprised me, and it was a good surprise. Like it was like wow, like there was a his death actually meant something, and um, and I thought that was really good. Uh, the second story I thought you know was, was I just like the fact that both of these things were happening simultaneous simultaneously, and uh, I thought that was really cool. So uh, yeah, this was a good surprise. I do have one question about this. How do you get snuck up on and bitten by the zombie with no lower torso? Well, how did he? How did he climb up that 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 uh? That pipe? was one determined zombie. <laughs> that was a long ass climb. 
It knows what it wants. It gets it. <laughs> he has any muscles, and yet he's still like climbing up and then jumping through the window. Like, don't question how they get there. They just get there. <laughs> All right. All, All right. right. Uh, let's rate this. I'm going to give 68 Hollow Ground a 9.5. I'm giving it an eight and a half. I'm giving it a 9.5 as well. Seven for me. So what you just got done hearing was a snippet of my other podcast, which is Tales from the Water Cooler. Tales from the Water Cooler is a weekly podcast where myself, Infinite Speech, and Spider-Man Geek get together and we review comic books that came out that week. So, you know, typically I, I choose a horror book, or sometimes one of the other guys will choose a horror book, and, you know, we by the time you hear this, there's four episodes in between of that show, so I just choose one, and you get a chance to to listen to it, and you definitely got to check out whatever book we just covered, that's for sure. So, uh, enough of the nonsense, let's get on with the metal. This is the Tales from the Water Cooler pick for the month. And this month's Tales from the Water Cooler pick is our second Century Media Spotlight, coming to us from Ingested off of their upcoming album, Revered by No One, Feared by All. Coming out on December 17th, this is Titan Knock Me.
another show in the grave. What show number was this? This was nine. Dang. We're going to be double digits, man. I know. We're, we're going to be on a year soon. We're going to be, we'll be starting 2014 in double digits. That's true. That is true. It's crazy, isn't it? We've been able to keep this up for so long. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that, that's the true craziness, that we've been able to keep this going. But now, um, okay, so as always, this is our monthly recap segment, and it is brought to us by the Ghastly Awards. And if you don't know, it's too late to submit. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know, try again next year. Yeah, exactly. You get your 2014 books in. But now, uh, at the end of this month, uh, you, we're hopefully, um, all of us judges will have read everything, and we will have our nominees ready, and then voting will begin January 1st. As long as we all stay on track. But like I said, the holidays are, are rough, and with our new reformat and everything, we're, we're trying to get everything figured out and, and all that other fun stuff. So uh, this month, the Ghastly Award judges have some books that they want you to take a look at, and those books are uh, Spaced wants you to take a look at Army of Darkness versus Hack Slash, number three. I'm not going to comment. Uh, Rachel Deering wants you to take a look at Baltimore, the Infernal Train, number three. That was a good miniseries. I didn't like that. I like the Baltimore stuff. I like the Baltimore stuff when it's a miniseries. I don't really care for the one-shots. Yeah, well, it's Mignolaverse stuff, which right. You know, right. Is, is always so solid. And like I said, I mean, everyone's 2014 resolution should be if they're not reading like the BPRD stuff, at least get on the tip. If you're one of those people that only buys Hellboy, I don't know what to tell you. A BPRD alone is worth the price of admission. It's better than Hellboy. I'm just I saying. I think it is. I think yeah. that I wasn't on it for a long time, but I finally got on it in 2013. And yeah, and I really like BPRD. Ape Sapiens okay. Uh, I don't know. That, no, nothing really. Hellboy came out other than the uh, the Midnight Circus OGN, but. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean it's it it is like you said. BPRD is is the horror title of yes the, of the Mignolaverse. Yeah, I mean you got to kind of let it find its footing for the first trade or so. But it, you just 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 keep going, and oh my, the pay the dividends are huge. But anyway, uh, Mike Hallett wants us to check out the new issue of Bloke's Tomb of Terror from Virus Comics. Bree suggests that we take a look at the Witching Hour from Vertigo. Alright, alright. Uh, I'm going to save Lonnie's because it's going to match with yours. And I'm going to suggest everyone check out Wilder from Monsterverse, the Andrew Magnum, Magum and um, Mark Kidwell book. Monsterverse is making some noise, man. They're, they're, they're finally putting uh, some stuff out other than Flesh and Blood and Bella Lugosi's. But, yeah. but no, this, uh, Wilder's fantastic. It's, it's kind of a one-shot that needs to be 10,000 times more um, World War II werewolf awesome you know there's snow so it's christmasy right there you go <laughs> but no it's 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 absolute fantastic one shot but it definitely and i told andrew and, and mark this that it definitely has to uh to be more and uh, i'll do a backup to uh 68 hollow ground which is uh the, the last book that's coming out that uh, josh metters worked on <sighs> so so there's that and that was absolutely the, the way they told that story I, did you check out that one shot yet my, I need you to help keep on me on this. Okay, the way it's told is is really cool. I mean, it's just a one shot, but it's broke. Yeah. It's it takes place in a church, and there's like the the bell tower, and then there's the just the regular level of the church, and it's two parts. One part is what's happening at the exact same time up in the bell tower is what's right. happening downstairs, and the way it's told is just absolutely fantastic. Let's again, right. Kidwell knows how to write war 
horror. Well, like I said, I need you to keep on top of me on this. In 2014, I need to get on the 68 tip. Okay. Because I am woefully negligent, and I know I need to fix that. Shame on you. I, it, 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 it's shame. At this point, it's shameful. I just <laughs> want to get through this tour, and then I need to start supporting 68 because everybody tells me how how good it is. And I preach BPRD to everyone. Now I need to get on the 68. 68. The, the easiest way to put 68 is 68 is the only comic and I will stress that the only comic because I, I know I'm, I'm really stretching my brain here for what's current and I don't want to just say current but uh, let's say current then uh, the only current comic that is doing Romero's Zombies Perfect <sighs> if I that makes that. sense it's it, and, it and, it and I'm thinking and the more I think back of other zombie stuff I mean it's the only book that honestly does Romero's Zombies the right way but anyway uh so there's that so uh you and lonnie kind of had the same same pick this month what did you pick drum heller number one by riley rosmo and alex link wow what if what if hellblazer was like and i actually bleeding cool just ran a, my uh, article about this it's kind of like what if uh what if like hellblazer was kind of like this laid-back psychedelic kind of hippie dude then you'd get drum heller yeah, exactly. That's it is. A, oh, it it's equally whimsical and scary and funny and you know I'm a huge, 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 huge fan of Eric Powell's a goon uh, as well. And, and I and one of the reasons I like the goon so much is because it mixes tragedy and comedy seamlessly. This mixes whimsy and horror seems seamlessly. And there's a character called Bogdan. Yes, Bogdan's in there, and uh, not a maybe, maybe not a coincidence because of, uh, but yeah, but Drum Heller is just my favorite thing is is his his uh, cat friend. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Harold the pink ghost cat that may not have always been a, a ghost cat. Um, yeah, abs- just wow. It was, get, it was, it's a fa- that first issue was fantastic, and number get, of, yeah. yeah, yeah, get Drum Heller. I don't think two's out yet. I hope, but uh, get Drum Heller. I think it'll come out around the time this episode goes up. There it is. So there's that. Um, yeah, and that, that really does it. Remind everybody, uh, even though, you know, now I can't tell you to submit. The submissions ends December 14th, so you can technically still send the stuff in. Uh, contact at thegastlywards.com is the email. If you work on a, com- a horror comic and you want to get uh, it submitted for nomination consideration, you can send it there, or you can go to ghastlyawards.com for all info on how to submit. The other thing you need to watch for is at the end of the month, voting will start, and you will be able to vote. And fan choice, creator creators definitely, you you have the say in, in who wins the awards, except for the uh, new series award, and that is based on fan voting. So there's there. that. Boom. Uh, as always, we um, do our big thank you here at the end of the show. But since it was a shorter month, we don't have that big of a thank you to actually do. Um, I thank Dave Elliott from uh, Atomica for coming on and doing the Monster Messaging segment. Um, Rondel for helping me do the Strange Kids Club present What's Crackling segment. The Tales from the Water Cooler guys and Doug Paskevich. And of course, I thank Dirk. And I thank you, Dan. And we thank Massive Fantastic for bringing us our horror drama that'll come on after this. I know, it's so cool. So, um, real quick, since we're recording this before Christmas, what do you, what's your big thing you want for Christmas? 
a nap. A nap? All right, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see when we get back next month if Dirk got his nap. And, and what, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, let's see. This year, I want. I just got my Zap Brannigan spark gun, so I don't know. That was really the only. Thing. <laughs> hey, that. How horrible is that? I just got that's it. Awesome. That's. I mean, yeah. That. Yeah. That's. What do you do then? What. What can you do? I. I just run around the house in my velour suit and <laughs> <laughs> shoot my little. <laughs> My mind's eye! My mind's eye! Uh, um, that, no, that, that can hold everybody over for another uh, couple of weeks or so. Here. Exactly, exactly. No, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I'm not one of those people who like likes to have a list. I always like to get Saint stuff and, and Futurama stuff, and that's really it. But I have so much of both. And Iceman. And Iceman stuff, but that's even harder to find something I don't have. Not if you're Dirk. MF not Man. if you're Dirk Manning. <laughs> but, uh, uh, well, now here's the main question: As we leave. Are we going to go up on New Year's Day next month? That's the plan. Holler back, everybody. We'll see you in 2014. We always go up then. Oh, I also forgot. Uh, Thank you, Century Media and Metal Blade Records for for being a part of the show. Comic-related, Comic Attack, Underground Video Network, Drive-Thru Comics, and TuneIn Radio. And I suppose iTunes, even though they do the same thing as TuneIn Radio. Hey, the more the merrier. Exactly. And if you don't know, I I wanted to say this. Uh, TuneIn Radio, you can get on your phone. Um... You can get on your computer, you can get on your smart devices, and basically just go on there and do a search for Monsters and Metal. It's uh, whenever the show's updated, it actually just shows up in the feed and, and you can listen to it. It's kind of like the iTunes subscription, but you know, for Android devices, uh, you don't really have iTunes. So TuneIn Radio is what you want to do if you have an Android device. There it is. So it's really, it's really cool. All right, uh, let's get out of here with, with my song. And this month, um, I was having trouble trying to figure out what to do uh, song-wise. But I'm going to go with Thy Art is Murder and their song Dead Sun. So with that, everybody enjoy the uh, massive, fantastic radio drama that we're going to play after this. And we will talk to you again in 2014. In 2014. So until then... Keep them hormones up. And support good horror.
This month, MassiveFantastic.com brings us Nightfall's Windchill. In the dream, you are falling, lost in the listening distance, as dark locks in. <gasps> Nightfall. Good evening. Do you know where your children are? I hope they're not in tonight's presentation. The play is called Wind Chill. Maybe I can help you. I know this area. It's so cold. Look, I, I'm trying to find my friend's cottage. The Morans. Sheila Moran. Do you know her? It's got to be somewhere around here. Morans? I'm afraid I never heard of them. Great. I'm in the middle of nowhere. My, my car's way back there, stuck in a snowbank. Well, I've never heard of your friends, and I've been around here a long time. I'm staying at my parents' place. It's only a cabin, but it isn't too far from here. Why don't you come with me? I can put you up till morning. Oh, well, no, I, 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 could, I couldn't do that. You can't just keep wandering around here. It'll be dark soon. Well, I, I, I don't like to impose on strangers. Well, I don't have to be a stranger. Well, I wouldn't mind resting and getting warm. What's stopping you? Nothing. Are you sure you wouldn't mind? Why should I mind? I asked you. Okay. What else can I do? You could try freezing. <laughs> Mister, you got yourself a deal. Let's go. Oh, uh, by the way, I, I'm Sue. My name is Barry. Barry Hefferman. Hello. Do you always meet your girls like this? Never. <laughs> can I take your bag? Thanks. You are a lifesaver. I was beginning to get really worried. Don't be frightened. You're here now. I'm glad I found you. So am I. Things get really scary around here at night. You know, it's a funny thing. What? I like the night best of all.
God, Barry, how far is it? Not really into marathons. About another half mile. Tired? Yeah. Want to carry me? Sure. Oh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger type. Hmm? Our cottage is over there by the river, just before it curves into Georgian Bay. You can't see it yet for the trees. Just keep me pointed in the right direction. Hey. What is it? Look. In the snow. Little footprints. I see them. A little kid here, and it's barefoot and alone in this cold. You surprised to find deer around here? This is the country. Oh, come off it! Those are deer prints. Really? Well, you say so, but they sure look like a kid's footprints to me. We call them hooves. Well, you're the country boy. I guess you'd know. But they don't look right. Home sweet home. Oh, I couldn't go another step. What, what a quaint old place. It's really hidden away. I could never find it. It's been in the family for a couple of generations. It's so dark and deserted. I didn't promise a palace. Well, come on in. The place won't bite you. Okay. Hey, I can hardly see. No electricity, right? Barry? Hmm? Can't we get some light? In a minute. Well, there have to be candles or oil lamps. I thought you knew, Sue. Civilization ended miles back. Oh. oh! It's dusty in here. Yeah, I don't bother cleaning in the winter. Well, it's got atmosphere. Make yourself right at home. What's that? It's just an old rocking horse. What? What's it doing moving like that? Drafts. We opened the door, remember? Oh, heart attack time. Sorry. I guess I'm a little worked up. Just relax. I want you to be comfortable. Hey, there are toys all over. Everywhere. It's from when I... From when we were kids. Oh, this is beautiful. A music box. Don't. Well, I love these things. They always have pretty tunes. That's enough. Hey... Big boss time, eh? I'm sorry, I don't like that tune. Forget it. Oh, it's so cold in here. It's as bad as outside. How can you stand it? Cold? Oh, I guess I let the fire die. I was out for a while. Come on. Let's make you a great blazing fire. It doesn't have to be a big production number, you know. I thought you wanted some heat and light. Trick is getting the kindling started. Just a minute, and you'll be warm. Well, let me do something. I'm not helpless. Relax. It's all under control. Mm, suit yourself. Hey, hey, would you like a sandwich? I got a couple here. Uh, no, thanks. I had something before. It's too bad all girls aren't as friendly as you. <laughs> really? Uh, I guess I'm the extrovert type. I've always liked people. Oh, and speaking of people, my friends must be worrying about me. I, I wish I could get in touch with them. I, I know you won't have a phone or anything, but is there any way... Well, why worry about them? You'll see them tomorrow. 
I thought you weren't the helpless type. <laughs> Funny, you know, this was going to be a quiet weekend retreat. No guys, just work. There. Fire's going to go now. Oh, that's great. Well, you see, I, I, I got this essay to write for one of my psychology courses. I wanted a nice, quiet spot. Where... This is a nice, quiet spot. Why not work here? I can vanish. Well, maybe. You must get real lonely up here on your own. I don't notice it. And now you're here. Oh, the fire is beautiful. What's that? Where... Those logs burn for a long time. You hear all sorts of things up here. You know how cats cry in the city? There are bigger cats in the woods. Oh, I'm the original city girl with a vengeance. I've never been up north in the winter. God, I feel like a a city hick. Oh, no, Sue. You'll come to love it here. Wait. You'll see. too much more coffee left in this thermos. Are you sure? The coffee keeps me from sleeping. Maybe I should Well, try. you can't leave tonight. It's impossible. I mean, it, it gets very dark here, and it must be way below freezing. Up here at night, it's dangerous to be walking around. Well, yeah, but... Uh, I mean, where will I sleep? There's almost no furniture. Are there any... No. My parents cleared the place years ago, and they've never been back. You never need much. There's a sleeping bag somewhere. Well, I can't take your sleeping bag off you. Oh, you won't. Oh. So, you uh, come up every weekend? I love... Listen, if I stay and... and I don't know, i got to get... Done. Hey, you know what the subject is of my paper? Tell me. Aspects of sibling rivalry. <laughs> Can you believe it? Hey, uh, maybe you can help me. Be a test case. Did you have a big family? One brother. Well, that's the start of it all. How'd you get on with him? I don't. Sorry? Something happened. Yeah? One summer, uh, he was seven, younger than me. One summer, we went swimming that river's great. It's very clean, very clear water. It's deep, too. You mean he... He drowned. Oh. I'm sorry. That's awful for you. Poor kid. That's why my parents don't come up here anymore. Memories, you know. My God. It's just a little walkie toy. It's one of his. See how it rattles? But did it have to fall on cue? Well, I told you. It's... I know. Uh, drafts. Barry. Hmm? It came right to me. You're popular here. Nice and warm now. There's 
about a fireplace. Hypnotic, hmm? Yeah. Hey, I got a treat for us in my bag. Guess what? I couldn't possibly guess. <laughs> a joint. What's that? Are you kidding me? No. Where have you been for the last ten years? Grass. I told you I wasn't hungry. You aren't joking. Is this for real? I went to a boys' school. I didn't have much to do with grass and girls. <laughs> Are you sure you aren't a priest? But I know, I know about women. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Have um, you been alone here before, with a girl? Yes, yes, I have. Well, that's nice. I like the way you look now, with the light on your face. Thanks. You're very beautiful. Barry, the crying thing—it's back. It's getting hot, isn't it? Why don't you take your sweater off? I, I'm fine, except for that. It's not an animal. It's saying words. Listen. It's somebody's kid lost in the snow. Oh, for God's sake, let's go and look. There's nothing there. Well, if you won't, then I will. Don't. Why? Don't be silly. You can't just leave a little kid out there in the snow. Do you hear anything now? No. You sure the sound was human? No. Okay. There wasn't anything. It's you. What? You're hearing things, noises that aren't there. The woods do that to people sometimes. I don't know. Hey, watch it. Can I hold your hand, please? Sure, I guess so. God, I don't know what I'm hearing and what I'm not. Your hand is warm. Look, uh, Barry, I really like you, but uh, I've had some bad scenes with guys, and uh, I've only known you for a couple of hours. I don't think time is what counts. Oh, God, you. And handsome, but you have to eat more. My mother'd make you wolf it down. I've always been this way. When we're back in the city, can I see you? Promise. Your hair looks red now, in the firelight. You know this place—it's like the old curiosity shop. Everything chimes or rattles or plays, but it is pretty. What is it? The music. The music box. It's not playing. But I hear it. Don't you? I don't hear anything. You can't hear that. You're squeezing my hand. Where is it coming from? It stopped. Good. Are you playing games with me, like, um, like like that man in that that movie Gaslight? Look, I'm getting out of here. You mustn't go. You can't go. It isn't safe. <gasps> Soon, nothing can happen to you here. You're safe with me. You're going to tell me that's an animal. I know. We have lots around here. What animal does that? I don't know. Maybe a fox. It's no fox. What can I do? Well, stop it! Just, just stop it, please. Make it stop. You see? See, you frightened him away. Thank God, it was an animal. Thank God. I told you. Feeling better now? Yeah. Sue, there isn't anything to be afraid of. 
Not when you're with me. You're very nice to me, Barry. I think I'm a damn fool. I don't think that. You know how I feel. <sighs> I'm getting tired. Maybe in the morning before I go, I, I can help you give this place a cleaning. There's no need. I'm almost out on my feet. I'll get you the sleeping bag. Thanks. I won't say no. Here we are, going right next to the fire. Oh, I'm going to look funny all curled up in there. You'll never look funny. I feel kind of dizzy after all that. Forget no. it. It never happened. You're tired and upset because you got lost and missed your friends. You really are an unusual guy. And so many men are so insensitive. Can I lie down next to you? All right. But, um, what I said before still holds. I need my sleep. I know. I'm so glad you're here. Are you here every weekend? Mostly. I haven't done a thing on that damn essay. You could stay here forever. No more essays. Oh. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Mm. I'm sorry. Shouldn't I have done that? One kiss. It's all right. No more. Good night. Sweet dreams. Mm. You out there. Quiet. I said quiet. That's better. Barry? I need a match. Where the hell is it? Oh, there. Barry? He's not here. Barry, where are you? My God, the door's open. Barry, you bastard. You are playing games. You've got that music box out there. Where's my coat and boots? I'll find you out there, hiding behind a tree with your little toys. You wait till I get you. You'll wish you had seen a ghost. Snow all over me. 
so hard to see. It's blowing everywhere. Do you think you can scare me with your dinky music box? I hate that! Fairy, I know you're here. Cut that out! This, this isn't happening. Oh, please, God. This is a dream. I'm going to wake up in bed at home, aren't I? Getting lost. Pretty lady. Race you to the river. Who are you? Please turn around. Look at me. What do you want? Come and play. Wait, you're, you're dressed for summer. Shorts and a jersey. You'll die out here. <laughs> what are you pointing at? The river. Come play in the river. Oh, come here. Let me warm you. Let me hold you. Oh, my God. You're drenched in water, but it's not freezing. I know what you are. You get away. For God's sake, get away. You won't play with me. I have to play alone. He just dissolved in the air. Now what? Oh, my God, I never heard you coming. I've seen him. I know who he is. Know who? Your brother. Your little brother. My brother is dead. Yes. I touched him. That, that's how I know he's dead. So now you understand. Why? Why didn't you tell me? You better come back to the cottage... He can never come in so long as I'm there. Sue, please don't go. See, I built the fire for you again. How can I stay with that out there? How can you go with that out there? God have mercy. I swear to you, Sue, he can't come in here so long as I'm in the cabin. I don't know why that's so, but it is. How can you come up here at all when it's haunted by your own brother? He never bothers me. And you know... Yeah? He's so very lonely. Maybe you are, too. Am I? Yeah. But you seem to know more than you're saying. About my brother, you mean? What am I supposed to know? There's lots of things I don't know. But you want to know, don't you? What happened? I was supposed to be watching him. So now you still are. Stay till morning, Sue, please. Then you can go. I'll take you out in the morning. You never see him by day. Please. I'm still going to have to leave in the morning, okay? Great. Everything will be fine now. This is pretty... I know. There. Let me... Do you mind... You want to kiss me? Please. Your lips are cold. Look at me. 
Please. I'm at the end of my rope. The end, you know? I'm very fond of you. That's... What are you doing? Two people can sleep in this bag. You sure? I am. Okay. I guess it's one way of keeping warm. There are different ways. When does the sun come up? A long time from now. This is good. And it feels safe. Feeling better? Much better. You must have a lot of boyfriends. Well, not really. Oh, please. I like touching you. You're perfect. That's real flattery, man. I mean it. I want to leave early. I should sleep. Don't worry. Relax. You're safe here with me. Be with me. Yes. Um, go in, in. Go in the morning. I don't know if I should wake her up. She looks so lovely sleeping there. Poor thing. Mm-hmm. She must have gotten lost out here. I wish Jack would hurry. Where is that man? Oh, dear. Be better once she gets some coffee into her. At least she had the sense to get the fire going. Uh, what? What? Morning. Who? Now, don't be frightened. I'm a friendly native. Where? I've got some nice hot coffee in this thermos. I I don't know who you, who you are. Just take your time. Where am I? Well, you're not at home, I can tell you that. But last night... Got lost, eh? It happens. A girl like you all by herself. I know girls like to be independent today, but... No. How did you... Get in? Yeah. I used my key. Key? Yes. This is our cottage. My husband's out looking at the foundations. He's gone. He'll be here in a minute. No. No, I mean the boy. There's a boy, too. Yes, I, I was here with a guy. I see. Who are you? Oh, sorry. Burl Hefferman. My husband and I... Well, this is our cottage. Oh, Oh, I see. We're on a little skiing jaunt and thought we'd stop by and look in at the old place. Hasn't changed much. Where's... Who? Barry. I was with Barry. With whom? Barry. Your son, Barry Hefferman. I beg your pardon. He was here with me all night. Barry. Is he outside? It isn't funny. I want to see him. We don't have a son. Then who was... Our son, Barry, drowned, trying to save his brother, 15 years ago, down there in the river.
You have just heard Wind Chill by David McConaugh. Featured tonight were Elva May Hoover as Sue and Robert Haley as Barry. The Ghost of the Child was Hadley Kay, and Aileen Seaton played Barry's mother, Burl. Our recording engineer is John Jessup, with sound effects by Bill Robinson. The senior script editor is John Douglas, with the production assistance of Nina Callahan. Nightfall is produced and directed for CBC Radio by Bill Howell.